This is Unfilter, episode 221 for January 11th, 2017. Sir, go ahead. Sir, can quiet, you state, quiet. Can, Mr. President-elect, go ahead. Can you state categorically, Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? Don't be rude. You're attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be rude. No, I'm not going to give you a question. I'm not going to give you a question. Can you state categorically? You are fake news. Sir, go ahead. can you state categorically that nobody, no, Mr. President-elect, that's not go appropriate. Welcome to Unfiltered, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news you shouldn't be watching. I'm Chase. There's Chris over there running the board this week. Hey, Chris. Hello, buddy. Now, now, Chris, I know we have a lot to talk about. Of course, we have the cyber. We have oh, Russia. Man. We have so much cyber, cyber, cyber. We have week. Russia. We have, obviously, uh, Obama's farewell address. We oh, have sure, yeah. Trump's press conference. Yeah, that was a what? thing. But you know, screw all that because we have breaking news right here. To discuss on, our on the show, on show? this show right How now. How fortunate are we? We're going to lead off the top Let's of the do show. It. You want to do? You want to? Yes. Do you want to stop the show right now and just do the breaking? <laughs> yeah, news? just stop the show. Fox News alert! Oh. Just want to let you guys all know right now that it is over. No, the scandal, the TDI. Engine scandal is over, and we head over to Mary Nam in the Como News room. The scandal that has rocked unfiltered since nearly two years. Holy! Finally, cashing in on a settlement that lets them sell their cars back to the manufacturer. It's part of a major settlement in the big Volkswagen emissions fraud investigation. It prompts over Connie Thompson check to see how the buyback process is going and how VW diesel owners can avoid an unpleasant surprise when they file a claim. Yeah, now this is just for the two-liter. TDI Volkswagens. There are others that are still waiting. I've been keeping in touch with one VW diesel owner since last summer as he waited for the settlement to be approved. Chase Nunes drove his car as little as possible to get the most money back as he could. You animal. When Chase Nunes purchased his pre-owned Jetta Sportwagon TDI, he planned to keep it for at least 10 years. When the emissions cheating scandal hit, his drive to keep the car plummeted, along with the car's value, which dropped to less than $8,000. I got a question for you. Yeah, buddy. It's a two-cylinder? Two-liter. Oh. Two-liter, it's a a four-cylinder turbo. Gotcha. The Volkswagen settlement softened the blow. I'm going to get 15000 Nunes was among the first to start a claim once the settlement was approved in October. I uploaded all my documents. Yeah. They verify that I am an owner of the car. Claim documents must be notarized, then reviewed for approval. Nunes completed his claim in early November. His buyback appointment didn't come until January 4th. Did they go with you to the to the dealership? Yep. Or the, yes, they and, did. And they just sat on that footage? Because I never saw that footage before. Well, the, the me driving up footage? No. No, oh, this one. footage. Yeah, yeah. They, they've been sitting on that. That was that was filed footage. Because when I got so, the... So they took their camera to your meeting? All right. I got to let in some... I, you're, you're making me reveal some of the secret yeah, sauce because here. I'm, I'm not buying that's how this went down. That just doesn't seem practical. You've never been to the Como uh, offices, have you? Oh, okay. See, that makes right, a lot so more sense. So full disclosure... 
That area there, that's the <laughs> HR area of Como. So they didn't sit on file footage. You guys recreated this recently, didn't you? No, no. You? Actually, that was done a couple months ago. So you went in. This looks honestly like a BECU. It looks like a <laughs> It looks straight up like a bank. A dude. bank, yeah. It looks like a credit uh, union. And it's it's like just an- uh, The lovely woman on the left, her name's Andrea. She actually works at the station, and she's also a notary. So she notarized my documents so, for me. You know, now that I look at it, it's like yeah. the stamps- they're just like, just these, let's go find some big stamps. And of course, like she would put them right there on that table like that. I but, mean, it looks very intentionally but actually, placed. But actually, to be fair, those are her, those are re, re, Notary required. Stamps? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying it looks very, it looks yeah. very intentional yeah. now oh, that yeah. I look at it. Yeah, yeah. Your badge down on the floor there. <laughs> ah! <laughs> now it's falling apart, Chase. <laughs> you see, this is what I do. You see? I know. We, you we hyperanalyze. You shouldn't let me do it. We should I pick it apart. In November. I'm sorry, you're analyzing this part, too. No, I've, I've seen this clip before. No, I, no, this is fresh. What, it is? Yes. Oh, I've seen this a shot me, like this. This is me pulling up to the dealership. Oh, okay. What people didn't so, know is I drove around the block, <laughs> and then I drove in like this because she had to get her camera set up. Yeah, oh boy, I believe it. Yes. Man, I believe it. Yeah. Come until January 4th. Washington State has a huge population of VW diesel owners. So if you plan to file a claim, don't procrastinate. Did you have to get out of the car twice? <laughs> you had to get out of the car twice there. And also, I could see the cameraman in the mirror a little bit there. But... And, by the way, did you hear me with the papers? Yeah. I was already mic'd. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah. Diesel yeah. owners. Yeah, in the so car, you're mic'd. if you plan to file a claim, don't procrastinate. If I decided to reschedule my appointment, I would have had to wait like two and a half months. I mean, You know how they're going to do those shots in the future? They're just going to put a GoPro down in there, and they're going to just shoot with the main camera and a GoPro, and they'll just... Actually, you know those internal shots that we saw of me driving? Yeah. That was with a GoPro. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. When, I, you know, when, I, when I'm doing two shots like that of me coming and going, it just makes so much sense just to just do, do it once with two cameras. Oh, yeah. I mean, people are, are waiting whoa, whoa. a really long time to get their cars turned in. According to Volkswagen, more than 436,000 eligible owners, like Nunes, have registered their claims. A third-party me specialist right meets with customers at different Volkswagen dealerships to finalize the transactions. Karen and Scott just said goodbye to their TDI. Now, full disclosure, they picked these, these, up $19,000. This, now, this couple just so happened to be there turning their car in. They were before me. And so uh, Connie grabbed them real quick for a soundbite. Nice. We're just selling it back, and we feel like we got a good price for it. Take the money and run, so to speak. Chase Nunes got the $15,000 Volkswagen promised he'd get, direct deposit to his bank account. It went faster and quicker than I expected, uh, to be honest. Now, the car Nunes once wanted to drive until it couldn't run anymore, joins a growing collection of buybacks that will likely be scrapped. The deadline to file a claim for buyback is September of next year, but keep in mind there can be a long wait time for those appointments, and the buyback amount is determined by the miles on that odometer. You weren't mic'd when you went in, right, to the dealer? No, 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 they, yeah. they pulled the mic, yeah. yeah. No, but uh, it's all done, and I got the direct deposit, and that money went towards my brand new, well, new used Ford Escape. Oh, really? Uh, and, and Yeah. And the, the the very vehicle you made record time to the studio in today. That's the very same. <laughs> How do you like it? Does it have uh, Does it have like uh, the? It is. It is the titanium edition, so it's fully loaded. Does it have it, sync? Is that what they call it? It has sync. It, it has the self driving um, uh, parallel parking. Cool. It, it, yeah, that's really handy in <laughs> yeah, Seattle. It's very handy.
Dang, uh, dude, but good yeah, for you. Congrats. Yeah, it is It is sold on, and I am happy it, it is over. And you got that in BTC, huh? You got that in Bitcoin. I got that in Bitcoin, yeah. and so I was able to flip that around real fast, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, sure. Right before the crash. That's right. Because it was, uh, this time last week, was it $1,000? It, it is so volatile. It is so volatile. Hey, all right, are you ready to cyber? Uh, you know what? ASL, buddy. I want to. We have a a big segment to get into today. There it was um, an intelligence hearing since we gathered together last. There was also a new report released. I've watched the hearing. I've read the report. Uh, so we're going to cover a lot of that stuff. We're going to. I got a, a few key bit, bits and pieces from the uh, hearing, but we're not going to. We're not going to soak in it. Um, and then we're going to wrap up with the latest on the uh, state of the Russian hacking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to start with some follow-up from last week when we talked about that 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 laptop that was breached. Right, yes. That the story, malware, quote-unquote. Yeah, the Russian right. malware, which yeah. first started by, with NBC as uh, this, this massive Russian cyber attack against the power grid, which quickly became something much smaller. Right. And we didn't really, I think, go into it very far and – Glenn Greenwald comes on and articulates uh, something that he, he I got two things from him this week that I just I think he was he just was some of his best stuff uh, in a long time and I want to start with this one. Well, the Washington Post has spent months howling about fake news rigging the U.S. election. Now the Post has been caught publishing its own fake news once again. D.C.'s paper of record published a bogus story last week saying Russia hacked the U.S. electrical grid. The story was totally discredited, but not before it spread across the globe. Investigative journalist Glenn Greenwald has been spanking the post like the bad little paper it is. Mr. Greenwald joins us from Rio de Janeiro tonight. So Tucker's got his new show, Tucker Carlson Tonight. Good oh, uh, on him. Yeah, and he's. Um, I read an interview with him about it, and because uh, you know I, I'm really I'm really reaching to to be able to pallet him. Sure. Because I kind of just I, I really just since he was like on that Crossfire show back in the day. Yeah. I just really. Have I lost a lot of respect for him? Mm-hmm. Uh, but since then, uh, he he's actually done pretty well for himself. He created uh, created some businesses and also uh, sort of I think uh, wanted to reposition himself in the market and create. He in the interview he says create a show that he would himself want to watch, and so he wants somebody to ask the questions that other people are not asking and the, lot, re- the real questions. That's that's such unquote. a that's such a line. Typically, we hear that a lot. But uh, I don't. I we've pl- we're going to play a few things from him tonight, not in the main show, but in the overtime later. Uh, so I'll leave it up to the audience to to draw their own conclusions. But I do like what Glenn has to say a lot. Glenn, thanks a lot for coming on. So, what exactly did the post write that was untrue? Uh, essentially, the entire article from start to finish. They <laughs> had this big blockbuster announcement on Friday, which was obviously sensationalistic and would have a huge impact if it were true, that Russia and Vladimir Putin had actually invaded the U.S. electric grid by placing malware within the utility system in Vermont. They induced the governor of Vermont and a senator, Pat Leahy, to make these really bombastic statements about how this thug Vladimir Putin was trying to steal the heat uh, to make Vermonters suffer during the winter. Um, it turned out that the malware that was found was actually on a single laptop, totally unconnected to the grid. Then it turned out um, that the Russians actually had nothing to do with this malware. And then it turned out that what was on the laptop probably wasn't malware at all. So the story just collapsed <laughs> one step after the next a, in the grandest humiliation possible. Boy, that's really embarrassing. I bet they must have ran a front page correction and the editor, Marty Barron, must have gone on TV to apologize. Is that what happened? <laughs> come on. Oh, come on. The, the amazing thing is, if this were just a one-time case, um, you know, you could say, well, sometimes media outlets make Wait, mistakes. By the way, um, 
for Tucker to hold that face. I know. It's it was, so good. It was actually pretty good. And look at, like, he, he, he looks honestly earnest about it right there. Like, like, I mean, why didn't he go on television? Humiliation possible. Boy, that's really embarrassing. I bet they must have ran a front page correction and the editor, Marty Baron, must have gone on TV to apologize. Is that what happened? And Glenn just smiles. The the amazing thing is, if this were just a one-time case, um, you know, you could say, well, sometimes media outlets make mistakes. Um, But this is the second huge huge debacle that they've had in the last six weeks. Just six weeks ago, they ran this huge story that Russia, through this fake news operation, had exposed 200 million people um, to Russian propaganda, a huge story that went everywhere. As it turned out, it was based on a list compiled by a secret group, a new group, that was accomplished only by putting huge sites, mainstream sites like the Drudge Report um, and various Clinton-critical sites on the left, labeling them Russian propaganda outlets. The story collapsed after two weeks, there's a huge editor's note at the top of the story. Marty Barron, the head of the paper, when the story came out, announced it, unveiled it on Twitter, made a huge deal out of it. When All right, we got to let Glenn breathe for a second here. <laughs> okay, go ahead. The story yeah. collapsed and they had to discount their own source. He said nothing. The paper said nothing. So the story went everywhere. The retraction was heard by a tiny fraction of the people. And we've seen this over and over throughout the last year when it comes to Russia reporting. The rest of the uh, report is good, but we need to move on. You know what I wonder is with the rush to be first and the rush to have the most clicks and get more people to read your stuff – Sometimes they just don't vet these stories like they used to. They just don't have the time because they're so afraid of being beat by somebody else. And it's not necessarily an intention to push a you know, narrative I sometimes. Think, I think – you know, do you remember when – I know you do. You remember when Fox uh, redid that whole set to integrate like live Twitter feeds and whatnot? Oh, and yeah, the, the, the Fox News deck. And yeah. uh, I, I you remember you, – you probably remember watching news transform from like they didn't even know what Twitter was to all of a sudden they're like reading tweets on the air all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is there is this – it's part of that get information as fast as possible and the fastest way they can think of it is get it from Twitter on the air. There's a there's, – so there's an element of this hive mind aspect of it. Let's talk about it more when we get to BuzzFeed and the uh, Pissgate stuff later. All right. Because uh, there is an aspect – to the whole investigation into the DNC hacking that I didn't realize until about a day after last week's show. The FBI was never granted access to the DNC servers to investigate the Russian hacking. What? Yeah. The FBI never looked at the Democratic National Committee's hacked computer servers and yet still accuses Russia of being behind the attack. That's according to an article published online by BuzzFeed News. The DNC's Deputy Communications Director, Eric Walker, reportedly told the online publication that while they met with representatives from the FBI on a number of occasions, the intelligence agency never requested access to the computer surface, the very centerpiece of the investigation. So that's BuzzFeed, right? And I thought, okay, I I can't go with BuzzFeed and RT. So uh, I you need to collaborate and you know make sure the story is correct, right? And so I just yes. run with it immediately. No, no. no. Uh, what tweet, I Chris. what I did is I sat around on my butt and uh, I waited and uh, I ruminated on the story and I thought about it and I looked for additional information and uh, I was delighted to see it came up in the recent Senate hearing, uh, the Senate Intelligence hearing, uh, and Comey was there and they asked him about it. And the BuzzFeed story got a few of the details wrong, but it's actually it's actually way worse than what the BuzzFeed story read. Oh. 
did the FBI request access to those devices to perform forensics on? This is Chairman Burr, and he is asking Kami, the director of the FBI. Yes, we did. And um, would that access have provided intelligence or information helpful to your investigation and possibly to finding included to the findings included in the intelligence community assessments? Our forensics folks would always prefer to get access to the original device or server that's involved. Translation, would it have helped the investigation if you had direct access to the servers? Comey's answer is yes. Our investigations are always more thorough if we have access to the servers. That's what these two men just said, if it was a little hard to follow. As to the original device or server that's involved. So it's the, it's the best evidence. Were you given access to do the forensics on those servers? Now, the BuzzFeed story said the FBI never asked for it. We were not. We were a a highly respected private company, eventually got access and shared with us what they saw there. Now, that highly respected private company is CrowdStrike. The only real issue I have with CrowdStrike is the founder is, uh, or one of the co-founders, is actually a former Russian himself, interestingly enough, uh, and he sits on the Atlantic Council. Now, the Atlantic Council is a think tank that comes up with anti-Russian world propaganda – or not propaganda, strategy, I should say, right. all the time. They Well, you can, go, you can just go look into it yourself. But they, they, they come up with strategy for a worldview of a particular type of conservative view of the Russians, more of a cold world, cold war, got to fight the Russians. They, they – it is – so CrowdStrike, while it is respected in some sense, it is also the, – the DNC is its customer. And you have to understand how that changes the relationship. It, it's you a conflict, your, a major conflict of interest. It's a lot of money. Yes. Especially, it's a high-profile case. Yep. And you want to make your customer happy. And, and nobody's going to get fired for making the customer happy. Right. Yep. And one of the co-founders of, co- of CrowdStrike has ties with a think tank that formulates – Strategy that is essentially the type of strategies that's putting tanks in Germany right now. It, so there, there is a potential type, two types of conflict of interest there. So while I respect that the FBI chose in this case that it was sufficient to go with CrowdStrike's findings and CrowdStrike worked with the FBI to some degree, it doesn't seem sufficient when you're talking about a potential superpower meddling with an election – it, the state needs supersede that of the private DNC. It, it doesn't. It. It's no. It's. Yeah. It's a, if it's if that is a, if that is if these are real claims, then it is that answer that no, you can't have access to our servers. Then you get a warrant. <laughs> you just do it. Yeah. Make so it happen. that's that's I don't understand why that was accepted, but apparently that they 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 accepted that. We were not. We were a, a highly respected private company. Eventually, got access and shared with us what they saw there. But is that typically the way the FBI would prefer to do the forensics, or would you would your forensics unit rather um, see the field the servers and and do the forensics themselves? We'd always prefer to have access hands-on ourselves, if that's possible. Do you know why you were denied access to those servers? I don't know for sure. Um, I, I don't know for sure. Was there one request or multiple requests? Multiple requests at different levels. And uh, ultimately what was agreed to is the private company would share with us what they saw. That just, that multiple in requests is, at multiple levels. That, that in itself is shady. Yeah. I mean, if there were, honestly, if there was really something going on, 
It'd be like day one. Here you go. Have the box. So really, it it really sounds like, and you remember, we didn't cover this appropriately, but the FBI, because it just didn't really matter, it seemed, the FBI really drug their feet on attribution. They were one of the, uh, Comey was one of the last agencies to fall in line. So the 17 agencies, the consensus of the 17 agencies, this is a line we've heard a lot. The intelligence community. Yeah. uh, This report only has three agencies on it. CIA, FBI. An NSA. Right. And the NSA only has a mild confidence level. The, right. Only the other, the CIA and the FBI have a high confidence level. So the report doesn't have 17 agencies on it. Now, the DHS is cited a lot in the report, but the DHS doesn't actually endorse the report. The only, again, there are only three agencies on the report and only two of them in the, and this is, this is a report that came out. Mm-hmm. Since our last episode, not the report we talked about last week, not not the Jack or whatever it was. I can't remember now. The joint analysis. Uh, I can't. Uh, this is a jar. Jar, obviously jar. It was joint analysis report. This is a totally new report and only two outlets, President Obama. And can you guess the other outlet that got this report first? And the Clinton camp? NBC. Tonight, an exclusive inside look at a top secret report on Russia, one that went directly to President Obama today. This is legitimately a massive leak. This is a massive intelligence leak, a document that was only shared with President Obama, that was eventually supposed to be shared with Trump, was shared with NBC. (laughs) Do you... do you understand the scope of this? This is this is a massive leak. Well, it, it's okay. I mean, because it's it's NBC. NBC. Obama today. So, what does it reveal? Two top intelligence officials with direct knowledge of the report tell NBC News it details Russian cyber attacks against not just the Democratic National Committee, but the White House, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the State Department, even American companies. Some hacks successful, others. It's interesting how inaccurate this report is, too, because if they were actually provided, I don't think I don't think they were actually provided a a copy of the report just based on that reporting. I think they were told the contents of the report. I want to listen to the first part of that. They didn't actually get it. An exclusive inside look at a top secret report on Russia. Inside look. Right. So they didn't get access I, to the I love the fact, the inside look on a top secret report that we're going to tell you about. One that went directly to President Obama today. So they didn't get it because you can tell by the way they just actually phrased that uh, because some of those statements are just in, wholly inaccurate. So we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, but continuing on, uh, the Senate Intel Committee was having their hearing with the intelligence um, community, the heads of it. And Clapper's there. He's the DNI. He's the director of, of intelligence. It's kind of like a political office that can push any of the agencies any way that the presidency needs. So it's sort of like a, a standard. So in the, in, the, in the Bush administration, Cheney had to go strong arm uh, the CIA and state to do what they wanted during Iraq. And so one of the things they decided to do to fix that is they decided to put a political office in charge of the intelligence community. So that way the presidency puts pressure on the, on, on the political office and the political office now by the structure and mechanisms of the way this all works puts pressure on the community to do what the president wants in a, in a sort of a consensus style way. It's a brilliant way to – it's a brilliant way to try to get some control over 
the intelligence community, but right now it's falling apart. We'll get there. Uh, and so Director Clapper sits down, the head of all of these intelligence agencies. He's the source of all information, and he begins his this hearing with uh, a rather in-depth disclaimer. I want to make clear that this report does not, repeat, does not assess the impact of Russian activities on the actual outcome of the 2016 election or draw any conclusions in that regard. Intelligence comes from a wide range of sources. That seems like a big omission right there. Yeah. So not super useful overall, but so it doesn't it doesn't this report doesn't cover the election at all. And then it goes in. Then he goes into uh, kind of what seems like more couching. range of sources, including human sources, technical collection and open source information. We can't discuss the full range of classified information that supports our conclusions because of the extreme sensitivity of these sources. I think that comment's going to come back to bite him one day, but we'll see. But the key judgments in the public and classified versions are the same. That's a key piece. The key judgments in the public and classified versions are essentially the same. So he starts off with a big old disclaimer, and then, you know, it's your typical show after that. Another big hearing to watch this hour live on Capitol Hill, and that has to do with Russian hacking during the U.S. election. For the second time in a week, top leaders from our intelligence agencies will answer questions from lawmakers. Second time in a week. This time on the Senate Intelligence Committee. So what do we expect to learn? Our chief intelligence- so uh, I would go to Catherine, but she doesn't have a prop for us. So we move. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's the way it works, Catherine. That's how you get your views. If she doesn't have a uh, prop. Um, you get on the show. So I just think that's it's the second time this week. They're really getting out there. They're really getting on the cameras. They're really talking about this. They're really making the connections out there. It was a very good first step. Now, uh, there was one last part of uh, Catherine's report that I thought maybe we should cover. She does refuse some of the new evidence laid out in the report. Uh, and do you remember, does this, do you recognize this guy's face? I put this in the clip a little bit. Uh, he was on Tucker a few weeks ago and, and he just fell apart. And remember, yes. he, he accused Tucker of carrying yes. water for Putin. Yes, yes. He's still out there banging this Russian drum, even though once he was pushed on it, you could see he doesn't believe it at all. And I think this is such a great demonstration of how these politicians lie, because a couple of weeks ago, we demonstrate how this man cannot at all articulate any way, <laughs> yes, in correct. any way, how the Russians are involved. And he obviously is bullshitting, and yet even after going on national television and crapping his pants in front of everybody, he goes out and says this stuff. Uh, But I support the efforts of Senators McCain uh, and Graham and others, uh, Ben Cardin, to go beyond that and establish a broader deterrent. Uh, But even uh, beyond that, uh, I think we need to look at every vector of this Russian attack. Every vector of this Russian, he knows it's crap. All right, so here Catherine comes uh, with some of the uh, really hard-hitting new facts in the report. What we also heard at that news conference from the Democrats is that they want the administration to encourage the intelligence community to declassify the sources from their findings. Because if you read that public report, what you see is that there really isn't any backup data, and they feel this would make an even more convincing case to the public. <laughs> in other words, uh, there isn't any proof in the new, in this new report. There's no. Nope. It's all the same stuff. Well, it would be serving to Russia's best interests if they influence the election. You know what's not in the report? The word Podesta. That's oh, really? not in the re- no, not in the report. Hmm. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why they're doing uh, twice a week uh, hearings and why they're uh, making a big fuss about everything. The intelligence agency is extremely butthurt. Like I didn't. I didn't buy into this at first because it seems like they'd be above this. It seems like they'd honestly be above this. 
but they didn't want Trump to win. The CIA did kind of come out for Hillary, uh, Mike Morrell really especially, but others as well. They are they are not happy. Who who actually is the benefactor of someone who is about to become commander in chief trashing the intelligence community? I think there is. A- now, why is that question in here when they're talking about the Russians? And why would they ask Director Clapper? Because because Trump is bashing the intelligence community and he's the director of the intelligence community. Right. But what? It was a planned like, question. I know. Exactly. That's it's, why. Yeah. It was, it was a, a total softball. Who, who actually is the benefactor of someone who is about to become commander in chief trashing the intelligence community? Who's the benefactor? Well, it must be the Russians. Must be Putin. It's Putin. It's got to be Putin. So obviously, the, all these accusations about Trump's ties to the Russians are true because of his behavior. He simply is proving it true by third-level dimensional stuff here. He's like – he is trashing the intelligence community because he knows somehow, some way, that's going to help Putin. I mean that's the inferred – Yeah. I think there is an important distinction here between uh, healthy skepticism, which policymakers, to include policymaker number wait, one. Wait, did you see the guy there on the left? Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, he he shook his head. Did you see it? He's like, no, he shook I didn't. His, yeah, yeah. Play it back. Yeah, watch the guy on the left. Healthy skepticism, which policymakers to yeah. See, they knew this quite. He's like, yeah, he. This is good catch. Policymaker number one uh, should always have for intelligence, but I think he's doing shaking, it again. He's shaking it and again. He's writing a note. He's like, can't believe there's it. There's a difference between um, skepticism and uh, disparagement. Intelligence community is uh, not perfect. Uh, we are an organization of human <laughs> beings, and truck? we're prone sometimes to make uh, errors. I, I don't think. He's passing notes now. Uh, the intelligence community gets the credit it's due for um, what it this. does day in and day out to keep this nation Read safe this. and secure and the number of plots. Into, uh, just one example. He's butthurt. I mean, he's so he's like, we don't get enough credit. I was, I was actually more interested in the uh, I know, that note was really passing. Distracting. <laughs> you ruined the clip in a way. Sorry. But that's, that, so Clapper had that question planted so that way he could make a case that Trump is tarnishing them. Uh, and I think... There is – I really I really suspect here that they wanted to kind of make a big scene about this whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah. They they wanted to you know, dust it up and yeah, get have people you, excited. Have you heard the meme that uh, the RNC was hacked but the Russians just chose not to release that information? Correct. Yeah, You've I, heard that? Yep, yep. So here's a little clarification from the hearing about that. Right. I want to be uh, thoughtful about what I say in an open setting. But there was evidence that, that there was hacking directed at state level – organizations, uh, state-level campaigns, and the RNC, but old domains of the RNC, that is, email domains that they were no longer using. So these super hackers, these these super elite Russian hackers. And remember, part of CrowdStrike's justification of pointing it at the Russians is the sophistication level of the attacks could only be state-sponsored. Because the IP addresses matched. Somebody on a forum that's tied to Ukraine. Correct. So... But but these super elite hackers aren't savvy enough to figure out which domains are still actively being used or not? No, no, no. They're just going off of an old list. That doesn't seem very elite. Or oh, I'm sorry, elite? Domains of the RNC. That is, email domains that they were no longer using. And the information was harvested from there, but it was old stuff. None of that was released. Uh, we did not develop any evidence that the Trump campaign 
or the current RNC was successfully hacked. So the Trump campaign and the RNC and not actually hacked. The, the the proper word here isn't hacked; it's fished. Yeah, cr- and I, and I, well, the so I don't the DNC. I don't know what they're I don't know what they're claiming the attack uh, was because we don't really have that information. It's not in the they don't actually specify what the attack vector was. It's it was Podesta. That well, was it, fished. it was multiple vectors. Vectors. Lots they do vectors. imply it was vectors Does like fishing. The- ISIS's conclusion that the Russians sought to assist President-elect Trump's campaign depend upon an assessment, then, that the Russians covertly collected information and sol- from primarily Democratic sources, but some Republican sources as well. What is that question? But only chose to I'm having a real difficult the, time following her uh, question. Derogatory. Essentially, she's asking, did they only release the DNC stuff? Which the answer to that is yes. I'll, I'll just spare it. Thank you. Thank yeah, you very much. Follow. Thanks for the cliff note. Now, the reason I did that is because I'm going to need you to stick with me because, Chase, I, I kind of sometimes – I miss the early days of the 2016 election or you know, back when uh, everybody like, – like uh, your buddy Carson was still running. Oh, my – you know when there was like 30 people running for the Republican? Yeah, when Putin yeah. was in the prime of planning to make Trump president. Yep. He was writing bears. Uh, I just – I just miss his hearing from Ted. Right. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank you for your service to our nation. Thank uh, the topic of this hearing, <laughs> cybersecurity, cyber attacks, is a growing threat to this country and one that I think will only become greater in the years ahead. Oh, All right. Stop it. Okay. All right. I'll stop jump it, ahead. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you know, it just gives me so much pleasure to do that. Oh. To you. So here's what I'm going to do. Oh. I'm going to I'm going to spare you again. And uh, I'm going to um, I'm going to jump ahead. So the reason why I do this is I want you to have uh, like there he is. <laughs> oh, and he's got that look like. So he asked the, uh, the 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 director of the NSA, Mike Rogers. He asked Mike Rogers what keeps him up at night. Now Mike Rogers is the guy that's the head of the you know the most technical intelligence agency for the United States, the NSA. Snowden's old contractor buddy. I look at the challenges and the threats. It's. In no particular order. Significant extraction of information and insight that is generating economic advantage for others. That is eroding operational advantage at times for us as a nation. That is, as you have seen in this Russian piece, where not just the extraction, but then the use of this information adds a whole nother dimension. And what concerns me beyond all that is... What happens is we start to move in an environment in which not only is information being, I've heard some people use the phrase weaponized, what happens when now we start people, we see people suddenly manipulating our network so we can't believe the data that we're looking at? That would be a real fundamental game changer to me. And to me, it's only a question of the when, not the if this is going to happen. Do you think that is like a, a possibility? Well, yeah, I guess anything's possible in, in that's these what days. The, that's what the NSA is worried about. The NSA is worried about the manipulation. Well, maybe. Ma- well, maybe you know you need to fully vet and, and make sure that your data is accurate. Yeah. and dependable. Yeah, and use multiple sources. Back and, it up. Yeah, back it up. Get it. Hash back. it. Yeah. Use ZFS, as yeah. Mr. Jude would say. Yeah. Uh, let's a little little reporting on that intelligence report that once uh, after the committee did its hearing, it went public. Government has just released the declassified intelligence report blaming Russia for cyber attacks during the 2016 presidential race. This has been uh, a great deal of anticipation for this for some time. And I just want to draw your attention to a few headlines from this. It says that Vladimir Putin aspired to help Donald Trump 
win the election. Reading uh, the There's no proof of it. It's just sort of an assessment. These pages here, uh, first of all, they make clear at the top that, you know, this is intelligence. It's classified. We can't. Oh, actually, so they, you know, I'm just going to, I'll just save it for you. What they cite is uh, that uh, they, they, they tapped some, some government mid-level officials, some higher level officials yeah. that uh, when Trump won, they called each other and they were, they were, they were like, yeah, that's great. That is wow. Let's have champagne about that. That is that is great. That's like that's pretty much what they said. That was that was that it. was that's great. I didn't expect that. Wow. Let's have champagne. Wow. Well, that just proves everything there. So they're using that conversation Sorry, to cite guys. that that they're using that to cite that it was their aspiration. Yeah. To have that's literally their proof. They're there. That's the one citing in that report. There's like, well, that's that's kind of interesting that they're tapping officials' phones over there. <laughs> that's interesting that they released that. Um, then there's one more report. Putin. Tonight, a stark warning from U.S. intelligence oh, officials. Vladimir Putin's hackers remain very aggressive and will continue to target America. Oh. They'll probe for intelligence in cyberspace yeah. to give Russia's military the advantage. U.S. officials telling CNN Wait. Russian hackers are... Wor- They'll probe for intelligence in cyberspace. Does that mean that they're just Googling? Putin's hackers remain very okay, aggressive see. and will continue to target America. They're going to target America. Okay. So that, no, I think that unless they're maybe they're well, using American, well, the, the, they're the, using the U.S. Google. Yeah, you'll see. They'll probe for intelligence in cyberspace to give Russia's military the advantage. They'll probe US for a- intelligence in cyberspace. Basically, they're just looking like just just general searching. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. I think they're trying. I think they are trying to make the word probing mean something else than what I'm thinking about. They're trying to make probing mean something like breaking in. I, I think they're trying to change the meaning of probing. Right. I, officials telling CNN Russian hackers are working relentlessly around the clock trying to breach America's cyber defenses. America's top intelligence official asked a dire question in the Senate today about Putin's cyber warriors targeting U.S. allies. Did you hear that? Did you hear what he just said? No, I'm sorry. I talked to him. You got to catch this. It's so good. In the Senate today about Putin's cyber warriors. (laughs) Oh, God. Cyber warriors. Maybe I wanted to miss that. Targeting U.S. allies. These activities are ongoing uh, now in Europe as Europe prepares for elections. Is that a fair assumption? It is. Assumption. They would very much like to drive wedges. They would like. You see the language they're using? That doesn't mean anything. This is nothing. They're just. There's no data there. You could, but you could ask the same question about the United States. Do you think country X would like to do something the country why it's just it's they a, actually it's so use generic. the word assume assume yeah it is it's really it's oh, in europe as europe prepares for elections is that a fair assumption it is they would very much like to drive wedges uh between us and uh, western europe we would very much like to drive wedges between europe and and Moscow. We would very much like to sell them natural gas. British officials recently said the Kremlin's to blame for a series of cyber attacks, fake news blasts, and other attempts to destabilize the British government. Fake news blasts in Britain. Like, where, 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 where's, Britain, so, fake news blast. Or where's your source? Where's the proof? Putin's aides dismiss the claim. Oh. U.S. officials tell us Putin's hackers have been aggressively targeting Ukraine, including one crippling attack on the civilian power grid there. This is such a weird narrative from the media because the source the the the, the uh, ways and means of the uh, of the report that I, I uh, don't 
I don't think it's I don't think it's weird because what they're trying to do is paint the picture that oh my god this could happen here. I mean they're bringing up the power grid shit again. Yeah, but where they're, is it at? It's in Ukraine, right? What did they just say? They just said that Russia's hacking Ukraine. But then when they find Ukrainian malware and Ukrainian software tools on servers, they say it's Russia. Right. Is Russia Ukraine or is Russia? A, and it just it's really this weird mismatch yeah. of messages. I understand they're trying to make the connection that it could happen here because that Washington Post story was bogus. I grok, but back on the civilian power grid there. It interrupted energy grid activities at several companies. This guy's an expert again because he has an iMac behind him, and then in using OS 10 Preview, not in full screen because he doesn't need to. He's brought up an image of Fancy Bear. Oh, and not only that, but he also, yeah, he wants to give them advertisement. Too. Yeah, he hid the dock, and uh, he's got previewed, maximized, but not full screen with Fancy Bear up there. So he is now. Uh, by the way, this is Sean Cuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. By he's the, an former uh, national intelligence way, officer for cyber. By the way, one last thing, Chris, before we move on. <laughs> Sean Cuck, a former national intelligence it's officer. It's Canuck, by the way. For cyber. It's Canuck. <laughs> oh, it looks like Cuck Canuck. to me. Okay. Uh, Canuck, isn't, isn't that a Canadian? Uh, but he's not. He CNN did that. What? The, the full screen fancy bear thing? Yeah, because if you look on the far right there. The wolf, 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 wolf. Wolf, wolf, wolf. Yeah, and, I know. And they're in a, a director's studio, yeah. so they set that up. That's CNN doing the, that, I not know. him. I know. They do that all the time. I, but, but my point is they try to make him look like an expert because they just put an image behind right, him. Right, exactly. For a matter of hours. Putin's army of hackers working in teams nicknamed by American investigators Cozy Bear and Fancy Bear are considered among the most proficient in the world. Putin's hackers. So if we have uh, a cyber division at Fort Meade or if we have a cyber division in Alaska, if we have a cyber division here in Washington, does does do other media outlets in other countries call them Obama's hackers? As long as there are bears involved. The cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike says they're the ones who targeted the U.S. elections, and they're tied to Russia's military and intelligence services. And they're getting that by the fact that they use Ukrainian malware, by software that was developed by the Ukrainian army, and it's available for purchase. Analysts say they've emboldened Putin. Vladimir Putin at this point is acting like he won the American presidential election. Where do you get that? Like when Obama, when Obama throw down, threw down more sanctions, yeah. a Putin's response was, your children can come to our Christmas party. Come hang out with us. It's okay. Vlad, but, Vlad, but according to this woman, Vladimir Putin's behaving like he won the election. This is, they are creating a monster boogeyman. Say they've emboldened Putin. Vladimir Putin at this point is acting like he won the American presidential election. We are making Putin make like... He is going to be the ultimate Bond villain for America. <laughs> he really is like the ultimate Bond villain, and he makes Osama bin Laden look like like a small league villain. This is the ultimate bad guy, and we are now type. We are now telling you how he is behaving. We're telling you how he's behaving now, so that way you can think about it and you can visualize what an asshole this guy is. He feels like the most powerful man in the world. Still, Putin and his inner circle tonight are said to be bracing for America's response. Something tells me Trump is probably the person who feels like the most powerful man in the world right now. Issuing new plans to guard against cyber attacks. U.S. officials have told CNN they're looking at that as a possible option. How could America retaliate? The U.S. Cyber Command at Fort Meade has a team that's looking in, looking at what the Russians are doing, uh, not to collect intelligence on it. I mean, I, th- I think when he says team, I think he means 
uh, Fort Meade ha- Obama hackers. I think he means Obama hackers, right? Because he right. said team, uh, but we on this report, if we're going to be consistent, we need to refer to them as the president's personal are, are, hackers. Are we going to call them Meade bears? Obama ha- Obama hackers. Right. Maybe she have some like Hawaiian term. Yeah. Like the like the, the like the coconuts or something. U.S. Cyber Command at Fort Meade has a team that's looking in looking at what the Russians are doing, uh, not to collect intelligence on it, but to be ready to disrupt it in case the president ever gave the order. Sean Canuck, a former top U.S. intelligence official, who so is he saying that they're just sitting around watching. Phishing emails go back and forth. What is he saying is happening? Analyzed Russia's hacking operations, says America's cyber warriors could hit back hard. Reveal details of the perpetrators on the other side. Oh, now they got a picture of Russia. from their tools and techniques. Yeah, and I like his lower third is former national intelligence officer for cyber. <laughs> to the computers and the IP addresses that they're using, to their malware signatures, even to their physical identities in certain cases. So we could dox them. He's saying, well, yeah, but we got our own response. We could dox them. We could totally dox them. Well, our Washington correspondent, Guy Nachichikan, went to the U.S. State Department to get their views on the intelligence findings. The State Department says it would be irresponsible for the intelligence community to provide the public with the evidence behind their judgment that the Russian government tried to influence the U.S. election through leaks and hacking. The unclassified intelligence report, which was put out last Friday, claims high degree of confidence. I asked the State Department whether the public should have the same high degree of confidence without being able to see the evidence. Well, you can probably Uh, guess how that goes. uh, You want a little bit of this? I am not even going to dignify that with a response. Don't think that uh, we should be surprised that in an unclassified version of a highly classified uh, assessment and report. So, but Clapper just told us they're essentially the same thing minus two pages of details. That's how are you getting that? That that we would be protecting sources and methods. Um, And that that all our intelligence communities came to the same basic conclusion. Actually, only three. Over and over again. That they testified publicly to those conclusions last Only two testified with a high degree of confidence, actually. Last week. It was with high degree of confidence that the intelligence community said Iraq had weapons of mass destruction, which led to a disastrous war based on that false assessment. Do you think the public does not deserve to see the evidence in I, the case of Russia? I don't think, I don't think many people uh, would doubt that, uh, that the, res- the, the responsibility of the intelligence community to, re- to protect sourcing, sources and methods. Uh, I think most, most American people understand that, that, uh, that they have a responsibility to protect that information. Actually, I don't know. I think most Americans don't have a high confidence that you guys have figured out, quote unquote, Bingo. cyber. Bingo. Thank you for stealing it. Omnipotence yes. uh, gets the points of the evening. I love when people hook us up with a little bit of additional information. Uh, by the way, a little trivia for you after this. Little. Yeah. Sean says that, uh, by the way, that Sean Cut guy. Canuck. Yes. I'm sorry, what? His name's Canuck. Uh, he's a lawyer. Oh, he's a cyber lawyer. <laughs> he's a lawyer. Uh, so interestingly enough, Chase, are, are yes, you familiar with the uh, the classic uh, the classic sound of my childhood? Oh, you're calling into AOL. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Wait. No, stay off the phone. <laughs> Wait for it. Sometimes I... Wait. That part. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, this is this is always what you wanted You've to hear. You got mail. Yes. Do you know what that? I'm popular. Do you know what that guy's doing right now? What's that guy doing? You got. You don't have any guess. Is he chat doing... room told me earlier. I'm telling you, I love a chat room that tells me stuff while we're going. Is he doing porn? Uber. Oh, he's driving for Uber. He's doing Uber. Isn't that interesting? In, where? Uh, that's what I asked. I, wanted, <laughs> I really wanted. I wanted to do a vlog with that guy. I think that'd be. I think that'd that be a would lot be a of fun. fun. One. That would be a great Uber ride, Mister Chase. Before yes, we get into Pissgate, why? Do, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. All right, yeah. Uh, why don't we do ourselves? Oh, jeez, a little bit of your sack. Yeah. Patreon.com slash unfiltered. This is Club 33. And if you are in the club, you get to come to my sack and insert okay, your... Okay, all right, all right, all right, okay. Abort! All right. <laughs> pull up! Wait, pull out? You're going to die. All right, we're going to pull out of the sack right now, <laughs> and we're going to... It is Talk an exclusive way to get your message on the show. It's yes. a way we keep the volume down, not yep. in... Uh, not by, by the way, just four, to get four spots remaining as of the recording right now, so we're almost full again. You know, that's that'd be something to jump in too, because yeah. uh, you know, you it's fun. From time to time, you and, get the swag. And, and now that Patreon has unlocked some additional features like polling and stuff, I'm yeah. going to start polling our exclusive club. Did you see that uh, that mouse pad? I did. I did, and and showed it to me. I was Shh, don't say anything. It's a surprise. Don't say anything. All right, never mind. Don't say anything. Anyway, I asked you guys a couple of questions. First off, hey. The president-elect is going to be giving his first presser. What do you think? Are you now ready for a Trump term? And also, Obama gave his farewell speech last night. Uh, what do you think? Uh, is he going to buck the trend and do more engaging stuff once he becomes a citizen? So I asked you guys some questions, or you can come up with one of your own. First off, Veratuna wrote in and says, Hey, Trump's press conference was novel, to say the least. Singling out CNN and not letting them ask I a question like was hilarious. I feel we get there. I mean, that's that's... Oh, that's... I don't want. I got so much to say. Don't worry. All right. Don't worry. All right. All right. I'll I'll save it. You'll save it. You'll save it. Okay. In one way, I'm really amused at the rubbish that is coming out against Russia and Trump. But in another way, I'm actually very concerned. Not because of the allegations may be true, but because they are such an obvious obfuscation. You have to wonder what is going on inside the FBI and CIA. The NSA seems a little bit more muted. And one has to wonder if this is the beginning of a civil war between the intelligence agencies, and while they're all fighting amongst Whoa. themselves, what they could miss is part of their job. Very, that got dark fast. Real fast. That got dark. Uh, whoa. We're going to get to that. That's right. Keep going. I got, st- I got so much to say. And then Tom jumped in and says, hey, Chris and Chase, it seems like every day the mainstream media manages to one-up itself on publishing hilariously fake news. They don't understand the need to cover Trump fairly while criticizing him. I agree. My question is, what would you say has been the fakest or simply your favorite fake news story so far? Can I answer that question a little differently first while you can think about it? All right. I have been astonished at how bad... NPR has gotten at covering Trump. They just, they don't get him at all. There's so many legitimate things to go after, and yet they they just don't get it. And they do such a, I have been, in terms of all media coverage, when I listen to an NPR report, I shake my head because it's so subtle, and it's, it's so disappointing to see them do that. Right. Um, because they could do a much better job and a more accurate job and, and, and focus on issues that actually matter. So that's my fake news aside, because I think Pissgate's my favorite fake news. <laughs> We're going to get to God, Don't make me talk about it yet. But no. that's my favorite right. thing. I, 
I, I I'm gonna totally cop out here. I I don't have a an all time favorite, but what I really hate about this whole quote unquote fake news narrative that's starting to pop up right now is just the actual term fake news. Oh, instead of calling it fake news, we really should be calling it for what it really truly is. Yellow and, journalism, bad reporting, what? Uh, you know, just I mean, clickbait, lying. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 trying to to push yeah. a narrative yeah. and, oh, and we jumping the gun and things like that. So, oh, geez, guess what? So, Anderson Cooper came in here, Chase. Oh, and, really? Yeah, he, he, he stopped by. Oh my gosh! It's hey, Anderson. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stay off of Kathy. We went, we went too long. We went too long. He also says we should give out an unfiltered award at the end of the year for the best fake news story. It would be fun to reminisce on the God, year. God, if we are still talking about fake news at the end of the year, it needs to go away. I, I, mean, I don't. Just, do you think it term. could last that long? I mean, we follow Wolf, right? Disinformation. I. I think now. I think. I think actually, after this week, it's been turned around, and I think it's going to fade away. I, it's hard to. It's hard to fade away. But we're going to talk about what uh, he also goes on and says. You know, I was disappointed with both Obama's farewell speech and administration having a likable personality and a great oratory skills doesn't make you a great president. I would actually argue his oratory skills were often only good when he was really rallying. When he was just, or doing, sometimes when he was writing his own stuff, when, he wrote his own speech. When he's doing a night. speech, they're yeah. good. Yeah. When he is talking uh, at a press conference, uh, it is so brutal. So he, yeah. he's a he has a range. Let's just put it that way. He has a range. Yeah. Go ahead, continue on. Uh, sorry, I was. Uh, I actually, no, I'm, I'm, kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm pretty disappointed. I mean, one of the one of the things I think, you know, I think some of the true legacies of Obama, for Fast and Furious, is one of the first things that really stuck out for me that is not right. But I think he codified the drone program in a way that makes it legal and it make, well quasi legal and makes it. It's a structure now that all future presidents get to step into. Well, and into. also the secret signing, if you will, the NDAA, you know, and 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 the and the organization of the FISA courts that yes. are, that, that approve the rubber stamp courts. Yeah, th- all of this is stuff that uh, was started in the Bush era, sort of cloak and dagger style, yeah. which could have been shut down because of the way it was formed, but instead. Real legal structures were put around it and processes were codified, and Obama has now created a monstrosity machine. The drone program, the intelligence spying, all of it is Obama's real legacy and gift to every future executive, including now Donald Day J, Donald DJ Trump. Uh, for that's you know no not that I was actually thinking of DJ from Full House that's what I actually I was thinking of just that's adorable. Uh, I just he, think about that. Think about what Obama has done. Yeah. Yeah. Versus what he promised to do. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know, Tom actually t- uh, touches on that. You know, once in power, Obama, Obama never really tried to fulfill his 2008 campaign promises. He says it would be incredibly disingenuous of him to only promote those issues once he's out of power. He also goes on to say he's excited to see what Trump will try and accomplish, like him or not. At least he's willing to use the power of the bully pulpit. I wish him the best of luck in MAGA. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what he's going to do. Because, you know, he's, he's still kind of a young guy. Um, he's got uh, some political momentum for sure and cred- credibility. Absolutely, sure. that you know, people. There's a lot of people that he's got more cred right now. You know, like uh, today, yeah. Who? Oh, Spotify announced they opened up a job for Obama. There's a lot of love <laughs> right now for Obama. I think people are looking at Obama and going, in 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 the light of Trump. I have a theory, Chase. I think if Hillary would have won, all we would be talking right now about is Hillary. Well, don't worry. Hillary's going to be your next mayor of New York. It's okay, Chris. Don't don't even. But, <laughs> but honestly, honestly, if uh, if Hillary had won, all the, we would not be talking nearly as much about Obama right now as we are. That's true. We Absolutely. would be talking about Hillary. Right. But now that Trump won, a lot of people, they're like center and center left. 
And even some people on the right are kind of like, gosh, Obama doesn't seem so bad now. Because Obama himself is really a centrist. He's not a progressive. No. The right would like to tell you he's a progressive. That man is not a progressive. Well, you know, they with the whole Obamacare situation, Affordable Care Act, you know, they – they slammed this label on his plan, and you know a lot of people was like, I don't know if you saw the the meme that's been going around. It's not really a meme. This guy went off about the uh, Obamacare. He's like, you know, I'm I'm glad it's gone, but you know the Affordable Care Act, you know that that worked, and the guy was completely oblivious that it's the same. And a lot of people got on this train like, oh, it's Obamacare. I need to get rid of it. The Affordable Care Act. People just didn't know, and they I feel like that was fake news. I don't think that's fake. I mean, there's obviously there's a lot people, of people that are uninformed. No, but. there's a there's a lot of unappeal. Uh, I mean, even three or four years ago, Jimmy Kimmel, by the way, not fake. Jimmy Kimmel, you know, did the man on the street stuff and asked people, you know, what do you think about Obama, Obamacare versus the Mayor Affordable Care yeah, Act? But all that, I know uh, they edit out all and, the good answers. And literally, but, like Jimmy's, like he is like the biggest shill of late night, right? But what I'm saying is, though, there are people out there who yeah, I don't agree, understand yes. the separation. But the reason why here's why it. here's what people do understand. They understand something that costs them money every single month or or when the IRS goes after them for something. And so I think at the end of the day, my money would be on the greater percentage of the population understanding that Obamacare and Affordable Care Act are the same thing. Predominantly because in it, it, early on, Obama tried to shake off Obamacare. Right. It took him quite. It took him about two he, years. Yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't want the the name attached. to So it. they they did push the name for a while, and people know that they're paying every single month for health care. So I feel like there's probably more people that do know what the two are than don't. But I think that it it underscores a certain narrative to 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 say that the public's uninformed on it. Well, the public – see, because the public voted for Trump because he said he was going to re- – one of the reasons was because he, he was going to reject Obamacare. And the reason they wanted that is because they just don't understand what it is because they're stupid. And this is a problem the Democrats always have. They think the American people are stupid. That's right. a problem the Democrats have got to get over. They're, like the, all of the things that were revealed like about Debbie show that they thought we were stupid. We weren't going to catch on to this stuff. They're creating fake Craigslist ads and stuff. Oh, nobody's going to catch us. <laughs> we're so right. smart. They have contempt for the American people. The Republicans probably do too, but their populist candidate spoke to people in a way that no other candidate ever has, and the Demo- except for Bernie. <laughs> and the Democrats reject the, the, the hardcore Democrats rejected Bernie, just like they reject Trump. Yeah, uh, they instead would prefer to side with the intelligence agencies. It appears. Let's talk about. Um, Pissgate, because I don't know what else to call it. I don't. I don't this <laughs> Hashtag is kinda, it, it broke last night. I was up quite a while, quite a while reading about this and trying to verify if it's a hoax or not, and doing my own my own research. And uh, it's a hell of a story. This is this is maybe so far the biggest story of the year, and it fundamentally exposes how connected the intelligence agencies and the news reporters are. It fundamentally demonstrates their bias and their eagerness to jump on a story. It shows how absolute bullshit created on one of the lowest end low-life websites on the internet can bubble all the way up to official levels because they are so hungry to feed a narrative. It's incredible. And we start with a very somber, very serious report on CNN. CNN has learned that the nation's top intelligence officials provided information to President-elect Donald Trump and to President Barack Obama last week about claims of Russian efforts to compromise President-elect Trump. 
The information was provided as part of last week's classified intelligence briefings regarding Russian efforts to undermine the U.S. elections. I've been working on this story with Jim Shudo and Evan Perez and Carl Bernstein. We've all been working on this, and they all join me now. Uh, so let me start with my colleague Jim Shudo. Jim, walk us through what we've learned. I want to be very pre- precise here. Multiple U.S. officials... With- we're being very precise, Chase. Did you hear that? We're yeah, being very, very precise. Very precise. We're being very, he wants to be very precise here. Very. What we've learned. I want to be very pre- precise here. Multiple U.S. officials with direct knowledge of the briefings tell CNN that classified documents on Russian interference. In that would be a classified briefing. The 2016 U.S. election presented last week to President Obama and to President-elect Trump included allegations that Russian operatives claimed to have compromising personal and financial information about Mr. Trump. Now, I have this report linked in the show notes. If you haven't uh, found the time to read it, you likely know what the contents are. This compromising personal information about Mr. Trump that they're going to continue to infer here. There's there's several things in there, but there's one really big one. The allegations were part of a two-page synopsis. These were based on memos compiled by a former British intelligence operative whose past work U.S. intelligence officials consider credible. The FBI is now investigating the credibility and accuracy of the allegations. All right, so let's start right here. So the big revealing uh, compromising information about Donald Trump that uh, this report reveals is that uh, Donald Trump rented the same hotel room that President Obama stayed in and hired hookers, Russian hookers, to piss on him, on Donald Trump. So Donald Trump likes to get pissed on by hookers, and the Russian Secret Service and the Russian FSB have video because the room is set up with video. Now, the implication is that Obama also stayed in a room that is being monitored by the FSB. Um, so that's the, that's the compromising information, is that Donald Trump likes golden showers, hence the name Pissgate, They don't come out and say it because they're trying to be careful here. Which are based primarily on information from Russian sources, but the FBI has not confirmed many essential details. Oh, I'm sorry. There was one other thing he mentioned in here, and I want to see if we can catch it. The FBI is now investigating... Let's back up one of a two-page synopsis. These were based on memos compiled by a former British intelligence operative. Ah, former British intelligence operative. The key word there being former. Why is he former? Because he's now a consultant. He's hired research opposition to research op the bad guy. In this case, hired by Democrats. And actually, first, interestingly enough, he was first let loose and hired by Republicans that were anti-Trump. Then once it looked like Trump was the winning guy, they let him go. So some savvy Democrats picked him up because, well, he's already been doing all of this research. So this guy compiles this whole dossier on Donald Trump. And one of the things that he compiled is bits and pieces of information. This gets supplied in with this report along with something else that came along from the Internet. Uh, this part of this whole collection. And in this is 4chan fanfic. That was posted uh, before the election, word for word, shows up in this report uh, about Donald Trump liking to get pissed on. And one of the other things that is revealed is that John McCain was working behind the scenes to also screw over Donald Trump with this story. So John McCain thought this might be the ammo to take down Trump. McCain I spoke with CNN's Manu Raju about the uh, Russia report involving the president-elect. And after looking at that information, I took it to the FBI, uh, and I've had no further involvement uh, with the issue. 
by the way, according to some media reports, they had already had that information. So John McCain is trying to stab Trump in the back. John McCain hasn't liked Trump from day one. John McCain heavily connected the situation in Syria, one of the most anti-Russian guys uh, out there right now. And uh, he ran this to the FBI, said, hey, verify this, see if this is real. And uh, it's it's really incredible because it, it actually, I think, demonstrates a massive corruption. And it the the chain of events is is pretty startling. 4chan for years now has been trolling this reporter uh, and I've got a link to his Twitter profile in the show notes. And so 4chan has been screwing with this guy for a while since before the election because they don't like this guy because he's uh, he shit on 4chan, called him called him a bunch of masturbators and stuff like that. And so they've been after this guy ever since then. And so they created this fanfic. They provide it to this reporter. This reporter I guess he does what any good reporter does. He turns around and gives it over to the CIA. What? Yeah, his response is to give it to the CIA. And then the CIA starts to look into this. And because this one of the people that one of the guys that collected this information and put it all together is this former British intelligence agent. They had information from him. Well, this guy's credible. This information goes together. And they supposedly put it together in this report that ends up on Donald Trump's desk. However, we'll talk more about that later. Um and it really reveals it really reveals a lot of things. It reveals how the press works. It reveals how the media is running with a story that's essentially been created by 4chan fan fiction. Uh, and Greg Greenwald has a post up on the Intercept, which I will link the full thing in the show notes. But he articulated my thoughts so well that I just wanted to read from his post instead of me saying this. And the post title is "The Deep State Goes to War with President Elect Using Unverified Claims as Democrats Cheer." And I think this is exactly what's going on. This is – he writes, this is the faction that is now engaged in open warfare against the duly elected, already widely disliked president-elect Donald Trump. They are using classic Cold War dirty tactics and the defining ingredients of what has until recently been denounced as fake news. Uh, he says the serious dangers posed by a Trump presidency are numerous because it's not like Glenn's like some big Trump fan. Right. Uh, he says there is a wide array of legitimate and effective tactics for combating those threats from bipartisan congressional coalitions and constitutional legal challenges to citizen and citizen uprising even. All of these strategies have been uh, periodically proven themselves effective in the time of political crisis. He says, but cheering for the CIA and its shadowy allies to unilaterally subvert the U.S. election and impose its own policy dictates that an elected president is both warped and self-destructive. Empowering the very entities that have produced the most shameful atrocities and systemic dissent over the last six decades is desperation of the worst kind. In other words, the the McCain's and the media and everybody who's just taking what the CIA is saying and running with it with no proof, no source, no real sourcing they can point to. They're they're siding with some of the most despicable elements of our government. These intelligence agencies are the worst thing to happen to our democracy. They they go around the world and create create chaos and then don't tell us about it to protect our freedom. What the <laughs> what the hell kind of sense does that make? And I understand there is a certain necessity to it in in, in a modern world. Right. But they are they are in evil incarnate. The intelligence agencies are not this these these. They are not who you should be taking shelter with. Demanding the, the and this is go, uh, Glenn goes on, demanding that evidence-free anonymous assertions be instantaneously. Uh, uh, venerated as truth, despite emanating from the very precincts designed to propagandize and lie, is an assault on journalism, democracy, and basic human rationality. And casually branding domestic adversaries who refuse to go along as traitors and disloyal foreign operatives is morally bankrupt. 
and certain to backfire on those doing it. Uh, and, and so he goes on to say the, re- the reaction to all of this illustrates that while the Trump presidency poses grave dangers, so too do those who are increasingly unhinged from their fa- flailing slapdash and destructive attempts to undermine it. Uh, It's not hard to understand why the CIA preferred Clinton over Trump. Clinton was critical of Obama for restraining the CIA's proxy war in Syria and was eager to expand that war while Trump denounced it. Clinton clearly wanted a harder line than Obama took against the CIA's longstanding foes in Moscow, while Trump wanted improved relations and greater cooperation. In general, Clinton defended and intended to extend the the decades-long international military order on which the CIA and Pentagon's preeminence depends, while Trump, though still an uncertain mix of instability and extreme conviction, posed a certain threat to that. They did did back – they did back Hillary. Like your buddy Mike Morrell came out. A lot of other other CIA people came out. This guy, this former MI6 guy, he was being paid by Democrats to dig up dirt on Trump. He's like a research op guy. Before that, it was anti-Trump Republicans that were paying for him. Mm. Now, this thing's been this report of of Trump liking to get pissed on by hookers and uh, and really just enjoying himself while he's in Russia has been floating around since October. It's it was, CNN has had it. In fact, if I played the entire CNN clip, they talk about going over this for days and days and days. The reason they didn't run with it is because there is literally zero proof. In fact, when you look into it, everything you look into turns out to be bullshit, including the people they claim that traveled there. All of it is crap. And so they didn't run with the story. But when the intelligence agency said that the source behind it was credible and they then ran to CNN, the the intelligence people ran to CNN and said, we've decided the source is credible. Then CNN ran with it and BuzzFeed ran with it. I don't know how BuzzFeed got the source. Those two publications went with the story that – they literally said that Russia has blackmail on Trump because they know that he likes to get pissed on. They didn't say that. You know, they didn't. Wow. It is. And it was fake. All of it. Um, this all this whole uh, this whole story goes into it. If you guys want to read Glenn Greenwald's post. That's amazing. He actually pulls out most of the report, which is great, too. He says there is a real danger here that a maneuver can harshly backfire like this to greatly benefit Donald Trump. And I think this is also something I've been thinking about. And I thought Glenn said this part really well. Think about this. This is so obviously fake because you can find the original source material on 4chan and there's and when you when you investigate any aspect of this report none of it none of it stands up. It's obvious the CIA was desperate here. And so in a way they're going to completely undermine their hand and they're going to make future shit that gets thrown at Trump that might be legit. They're going to weaken its case. Glenn writes, this maneuver will harshly backfire. To the great benefit of Trump and to the great determinant or determinant of those that want to oppose him. If any of the significant claims in this dossier turn out to be provably false, which so far, like Cohen's trip to Prague, which has been proven false, the lar- large media outlets, CNN and BuzzFeed, and anti-Trump factions inside the government, it'll come out that they're deploying fake news. It'll be obvious they're using fake news. In the eyes of many people, this is going to forever discredit and render impotent future general journalistic exposés that are based on actual real wrongdoing. Yep. So they are actually causing more harm long-term because let's be honest, Trump's going to have ma- massive skeletons in his closet. Oh, totally. And they're using bullshit against him and it's provably false bullshit. And it's they they were they were trolled by 4chan and they just got trolled by 4chan in the biggest, most public way. This stuff made it in front of the president and the president-elect. 
This stuff got leaked to BuzzFeed and CNN. They put the they put the report online. I have it in the show notes. You can read about Trump loving piss. <laughs> and they bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's really incredible. And so after this, you could understand why Trump was a little pissed off at CNN. I, I can see why. And this is how it played out. As, Question. Go ahead. Your, no, no. We've been wondering how his uh, next press conference would go, something you've speculated a little about, a little bit about. Well, Trump, uh, Trump didn't disappoint. Mr. President-elect, go ahead. Mr. President-elect, since you are attacking no, our news not organization, you. Not can you. you give us a chance? Your organization You are attacking terrible. our news organization. organization. Can you give us a chance Let's to go. ask a question, sir? This is CNN's White House correspondent. He's being pretty aggressive here, actually. And uh, Trump... He, they were informed before the press conference started that Trump would not be taking questions from them. I mean, I'm not going to take questions from CNN or BuzzFeed tonight. It's just not happening. And so he was told that there would be no questions. He knew that was coming. So he went in firing the he, CNN he, guy. Yeah, he went in on the attack. Question. Go since ahead. You're, no, Mr. President-elect. Go ahead. Mr. President-elect, since you are attacking no, our news not organization, you. Not can you. you give us a chance? Your organization You are attacking terrible. our news organization. organization. Can you give us a chance Let's to go. ask a question, sir? Go ahead. What kind of logic is that anyways? Because you're attacking our news organization, you should give me the first question or you should give me what, – what that I actually don't – I don't actually know it because he's not saying I should get a chance to respond. That's not what he's saying. He's saying I should get a chance to ask you a question. What kind of what kind of logic? That actually right, doesn't, doesn't make sense. No, no. Can you give us a chance Let's to go. ask a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can Quiet. you state? Can, Mr. President-elect, go ahead. It's entitlement. It is yeah. absolutely entitlement. And and then the way he speaks, I'm, I'm not uh, – again, I, I just – if. I just this is this is the pre, this is the future president here, uh, and and he tells him what's appropriate. And you say categorically, Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? Don't be You're rude. Attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be rude. No, I'm not going to give you a question. I'm not going to give you a can question. You sta- can you state categorically? You are fake news, sir. Go ahead. Can you state categorically that nobody? No, Mr. President-elect, that's not Go appropriate. Ahead. That's not appropriate. And the crowd's clapping, Mr. President-elect. That's not appropriate. But they were clapping before he said that, though. I. I don't think they're clapping on that comment. No, I know. I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. No, I just think it's interesting that Trump oh, yeah. was getting applause. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he stacked it or if people – but OK. Here's yeah. my question. Well, it is in the Trump Tower. In in what world is it appropriate for this guy to be barking at the president-elect like this? And then the second – I mean honestly, that doesn't seem appropriate in, in, in this context. And then the second thing is how – I think both sides. How can he say it is not appropriate? How can he tell Trump what's appropriate? Mr. President elect, that's not appropriate. How can he say that? I think both sides are to blame here. I mean, uh, first off, obviously, CNN with with what they've been doing. Uh, And, you know, obviously, he's standing up for his company and he's standing up for his job and he's trying to do what he's trying to do. And at the same time, instead of. See, Trump could have just said, I'm sorry, I'm not taking questions from you right now. Well, they did tell them politely before the. But he could have just left it at that. He would have asked his question and said, I'm sorry, I'm not answering the questions from you right now. But instead, Trump also kept it going. You know, it's two pit bulls, if you will, button yeah. heads. Yeah. You know, obviously, Trump could have showed some, you know, I don't know, a glimpse of class, if you will, and, and, and took the high road. But he didn't. You know, he, he took the fight. And then he said, you know, you're fake news feeding the little bit of that narrative that's still going on out there right now. Actually, I don't know if. I think you should give him a lot of credit for that because he did two things in that press conference that uh, are really brilliant. First of all, he said this type of journalism feels like Nazi or Nazi Germany, which totally puts that Trump is Hitler meme on its head because now it's like he's the victim. You guys are acting like the Nazi journalists and I'm the victim. 
Like it, it's right. not. I'm not saying it's like some like it's going to work, but it's an interesting way to spin something he's been hit with a lot. Um, the Dilbert, uh, what's his name? The guy that writes Dilbert. Uh, he recently did a post about this that really talks about this. If you want to read his blog. And then the other thing he did that I thought was the fake news thing, turning fake news because they're the ones that have been running fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news. This is fake news. Turning that or and and the the, the outlets they're calling fake news are Breitbart, Drudge Report, you know, the yeah. outlets that like him. So the fact that he turned that back around on them, I think, was also a pretty good opportunity for him. Like he took advantage of a great opportunity. Like I think that was pretty quick on his part to mm. do that because. He branded them with the same thing they've been branding everybody else with. But remember, this is a press conference. Okay? Scott Adams. This is a, sp- a press conference that was broadcasted live, okay, yeah. across everywhere. That's why I was. And, su- that's why I was surprised that he starts with Mr. President. Question: your, No, Mr. President, like, see, he's see, he's not even pointing at that guy. He's saying he's telling another gal to go ahead. Another. Oh, sorry. Here's he's telling another reporter go ahead. He calls right. on another reporter. He interrupts. Question. Since but, but see, no, what I would Mr. do is I would elect. let the go reporter. Ahead. See, he's saying go ahead to somebody else. Yeah, but I would let the reporter dig his own grave here. I would, I would just let him ask the question. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not answering. So, oh, let him answer, ask it and say I'm not answering. Yeah, I but, just let let him let him blow. You know, here's do what he's going to do. I think that would be a bad play because the way the media works is. He's avoiding the question. Donald Trump won't answer the questions about no, no. Russia. Oh, well, Donald Trump can answer the question. He, he could let the guy ask the question. Says the reason why I'm not going to answer that question is because of this. No, I. And if I, you want to talk about I, it later, we can talk about so it later. So here's but, the here's that reporter after after the press conference, and let's pick this conversation back up. Well, Wolf, at the beginning uh, of that news conference, uh, Donald Trump indicated that he was not going to call on me or call on CNN. Uh, he sort of uh, pointed at me at one point and then waved his hand as if you're not going to get a question. Uh, and then as the news conference went on, as you heard, he was attacking this news organization repeatedly. And I felt it was uh, only fair that if our news organization is going to be attacked, uh, that we get a chance to ask a follow-up question. I, I don't mean to be mean, but that honestly sounds like the logic of my six-year-old daughter. Right. Well, he was picking on me, so I hit him back. And I guess... I I don't understand. Not, I don't understand how that's. Well, well, I don't understand how that's is, appropriate conduct. Well, what I'm saying is, there could have been a better way. Well, then here's I, the question. I, Hold on, yeah, before because okay. I know your your point is let him ask the question. Well, here's the question he was going to ask about what uh, Donald Trump was talking about. And fortunately, our my colleague uh, Cecilia Vega over at uh, ABC did ask a question uh, that I was going to ask, which is, did Donald Trump have any contacts who were in contact with the Russians in the context of this campaign? Uh, she actually did not get. An- so there you go. An answer on that question. I don't know if you know. He didn't answer that question. And now it's and now there are Donald Trump is dodging the question. He was going to ask that question. ABC asked that question. And now it's Donald Trump. As, do, literally, there's stories about Donald Trump dodging right. questions about Russian ties. I just there's there's no way for him to win because when he does that, he's not taking the high ground. When he doesn't when he lets them ask the question and then he doesn't answer. It's Donald Trump dodging questions about the Russians. Right. There's no winning here. No. And I'm, I'm, uh, it's 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 just. It's a shit show. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? You know, I, I, I don't think that this kind of exchange from both sides, from our future president and a CNN reporter, even if CNN is completely in the wrong here, this is where Donald Trump needs to try to shine and show uh, a good – I don't I don't know. I, I think this is the kind of conversation where you, you, you take it to the side, and if you can't get any resolution – then go ahead and, and talk. I just don't think this is the right setting to have that kind of exchange like that. Yeah, and CNN is in a bad spot. Uh, MSNBC's got Greta now. Uh, NBC has got um, 
your good friend. Uh, My buddy. What's her name? Oh, Megan. Uh, Megan Kelly. Um, CNN, though, they are they are super upset about all this. Check this clip out a little bit. There are two categories of news. This is immediately after the press conference. They're still showing the live feed from the press conference. Donald Trump, is already, he left early. He showed a big pile of business documents he supposedly signed. Are you signed. sure they were just all blank? I thought they were all blank pieces yeah, no, of paper it was and a folders. Pro, it was like a prop. Yeah. But here, so here they are immediately after the press conference. And Jake Tapper was one of the lead reporters on the story. In fact, his name is on the report first. Uh, let me take on the first one that has to do with us, CNN. Uh, at the beginning of the press conference, uh, Sean Spicer, who's going to be the White House press secretary, uh, Maybe. suggested that both BuzzFeed and CNN published this dossier full of uncorroborated rumors. So CNN is really walking a tight line here. They released an official statement that said our reporting was totally different than BuzzFeed's reporting. BuzzFeed did this. BuzzFeed did that. Then they posted a retraction, took out all that stuff with an update that said CNN will not split the media against each other as if they need to unite against Trump. They, CNN will not divide the media was the statement. And honestly, it shouldn't be about that. It should just be about reporting the truth, the truth. I know. Done. So this is Jake. He's all you can. Ah. So when you when you hear this conversation, understand that tension is going on un, behind the scenes. Dossier full of uncorroborated rumors. Uh, that's not true. That's false. CNN never did that. We never provided even one detail from that dossier. I like how the fact that they were super vague and didn't give us details is now an asset to them. And, and that's why I didn't play that first report, although it's in the it's in the sink if you want it. They just kind of dance around. They never say about, you know, golden showers. They never talk about this or that. And BuzzFeed went all in. BuzzFeed, you know, they even uploaded the PDF. They went all in. And so they're pissed off that they danced around the issue and didn't draw attention to it exactly like BuzzFeed did, but they're still getting grouped in with BuzzFeed. Uh, except this morning when I said that there was reason to believe that one detail that had been out there because of BuzzFeed was false, involving Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen. So Yeah, that was the first piece of information to be proven false. Now, what's fascinating about this is CNN doesn't get it at all. It's just it's like a case study to watch these guys. They're completely clueless. The issue is you t- you ran the report saying that Donald Trump was being blackmailed by the Russians. The title of your report, Jake, that you filed last night Intel chiefs inform Trump of Russian claims and those claims. CNN has learned that the nation's top intelligence officials provided information to President-elect Donald Trump and to President Barack Obama last week about claims of Russian efforts to compromise President-elect Trump. What is that uh, lower third there? Say, uh, it what? says Intel's chiefs presented Trump with claims of Russian efforts to compromise him. Something tells me that might be the part that pissed Trump off. Not that you didn't mention the golden showers, but that you went on national television and said that Russian agents have intel to compromise. Something tells me that might be why he's pissed at you. But see, when Jake's doing that report, he's like, well, BuzzFeed did this and BuzzFeed did that, but we didn't do it. And you didn't even, Jake, by the way, your fancy little reporting, you didn't even get the details right. Senior intelligence officials tell us, Lester, that that two-page addendum was indeed part of the briefing materials used by Mr. Clapper and others available to them to brief Donald Trump. So Donald Trump finally gets his briefing. And according to the reporting from CNN and BuzzFeed, this report about the pissing is is attached to the back of this report. And Trump got the full report. He goes over it. 
It's even highlighted in parts to indicate that maybe Trump saw like specific highlighted parts. So the PDF has hi- highlights in it. Um, and this is the report, the highly classified report that was supposedly tied to the Russians. Right. This is the yeah, this, this is the report. The one, right. the one the one that when he came out afterwards, he's like, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> but listen to this little fact about this report that supposedly Trump was able to review. But that it was never discussed in the briefing. The briefing was oral. There's no place at Trump Tower to, to contain top secret documents. There was no documents. They never showed Trump any documents, no proof. They gave him a 100 percent oral briefing. So that just sounds like a bunch of fear-mongering. It does. So they gave him a fear-mongering oral briefing is what it sounds like. This is, a, this is not getting enough attention. Available to them to brief Donald Trump, but that it was never discussed in the briefing. The briefing was oral. There's no place at Trump Tower to, to contain top-secret documents. No documents were turned over. And the intelligence officials go further and say that as far as they are concerned, and I'm going to quote now, intel and law enforcement officials agree that none of the investigations have found any conclusive or direct link between Donald Trump and the Russian government, period. Why couldn't they wait nine days? <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only nine days. I So going back to Vert's email where he's like, are we watching something going on in the intelligence agencies? I, I, you know, you might. Yeah. Listen, this is Chuck Schumer. This was his tweet just a little while ago tonight. You show. see the scare quotes there. The yeah. intelligence briefing yeah. on so-called Russian hacking was delayed until Friday. Perhaps more time needed to build a case. Very strange. We're actually told intelligence sources tell NBC News since this tweet has been posted that actually this intelligence briefing for the president elect was always planned for Friday. That's that was something that was going back and forth too. the media really had a heyday with uh, him tweeting about the intelligence agencies. Now, I thought Chuck Schumer would say something about, you know, the intelligence agency's credibility. He would say something about their sources and methods. I thought he would say something to that regard. What Chuck chooses to share with Rachel, and bear in mind, uh, this was, I think, six or seven days ago. So it was just, it was before Trump's briefing at the end of the week, even. So this is before Pissgate. This is a little bit before before all of this stuff has gone down. So it almost felt like Chuck Schumer was looking into a crystal ball there on the table when he said the next line that I I I I, I, I I'll leave it to you to assume what he's saying. It hasn't been delayed, look. but he's he's taking these look look shots, Rachel. this antagonism, yep. this taunting to the intelligence Let community. You, you Let me take tell you. on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So what the hell does that mean? What did what did, it means? Don't piss him off. What did That's Senator what Chuck saying. Schumer just say? And, and look at his eyes like he is dead serious. When I he know. Said that. I, that's what I was thinking, too. Like he is like, uh, look he, at that. He's like, you don't understand. They can mess you, you up. take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. I, I think that's what might be happening right now to Trump. And it's backfiring on them. Wow. To some degree. Those that see it in the filters where they man, want it to be real man, see it as real. But. Wow. I, I I hope it's not the extreme end of what some of the people in our chat room are saying right now. We are getting – we are – so listen to the reporting, the hammer, this feud. President-elect Donald Trump striking a conspiratorial tone yet again against U.S. intelligence. In a new cryptic tweet, Trump writes, intelligence briefing on so-called Russian hacking was so that's one report there from CNN. There's I have like a whole I have like a whole swath of them. 
tonight, President-elect Trump escalating his ongoing battle with the U.S. intelligence community. It's like it's this epic fight they're making it out to be. The comprehensive report includes intelligence gathered after the election, bolstering the view Russia was behind the hacks and did so in part to help Donald Trump. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyways, I, I, it is uh, this whole Pissgate thing. Well, I'm going to, you know, I, the thing is, the thing is, is it wouldn't honestly surprise me either at the same time if, it, if part of it was true. If part of it was true and Donald Trump does like to hire Russian hookers to piss on him uh, in, in, a, in a bed, I, you know what? I mean, we've heard, we've heard audio quotes of that yeah. guy. He's, yeah. you know, also he's, he's. You know, he says, I don't do drugs. I don't do I don't drink, but I do have some of my own problems that I but uh, we won't talk about those. But what are those problems? Right. I don't. Know. So that's that's Pissgate. If you've been wondering if you hadn't heard about all of it, uh, that's what they're all freaking out about. And uh, I think the intelligence agencies are at war with Donald Trump. Just like they're at war with John F. Kennedy. Moving on while we're speaking of Donald Trump, let's talk a little bit about Russia. Russia's defense ministry has announced it will start to reduce its military presence in Syria. The statement comes after a nationwide ceasefire brokered by Russia and Turkey was implemented last week. And as a first step towards the partial pullout, the aircraft carrier Admiral Kuznetsov, currently stationed off the Syrian coast, is preparing to sail home. loves their hardware just like we do so but i did think the main story was interesting they're pulling out a little bit uh john Kerry rocking the makeup in the time that left i wanted to ask you about syria about syria with trivia uh for those of you watching that are going to watch the whole show we'll have an interview with john Kerry from cbs uh you should just compare and contrast from this time stamp in the show to later uh, take a little note of it now so you can go back and forth at the different makeup and what a difference it makes and how John Kerry is appearance. All the work, all your efforts, indefatigable. Five years, uh, so many people dead, displaced, millions, the suffering. Russia, the game changer, a year and some months ago, entering with no warning, even uh, 24 hours after meeting personally with President Obama, Vladimir Putin's, you know, planes are flying over Syria for the first time, no warning at all to us. The Russian role has been so uh, devastating, really, in propping up Assad at a critical juncture. Any regrets? You expressed some that were heard on an overheard audio to some of the opposition leaders. Any regrets that we did not arm the rebels sooner when there might have been a better opportunity? Well, again, not not that we shouldn't have gotten involved. Not none of that. Any regrets that we didn't arm the rebels sooner? Oh, jeez. His answers. Were you know, I'm going to have a lot of opportunity to be able to sort of look back. He just says, I'm going to reflect on it more. He kind of goes in a little bit more. Uh, but I just thought, I, like, I love that that was the framing of it. That That's just my... I'm not going to dignify yeah. that with a response. There was another part of the uh, um, news conference with Trump that I wanted to get your take on. Okay. Do you believe the hacking was justified, and will you release your tax returns to prove what you're saying about no deals in Russia? Uh, well, I'm not releasing the tax returns, because as you know, they're under audit. Since the 70s, has had oh, a required yeah, audit from the IRS. Oh, the the last I've never heard that. Sir, you know, the only one that cares about my tax returns are the reporters. Okay, you don't They're think the, the American public is concerned no, about No, I don't think so. I, I won. Do you believe the hacking? Do you think 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 the hacking?
I think you care. First of all, you learn very little from a tax return. What you should do is go down to federal elections. And okay, so one thing I do, I think, I think we would learn something from his tax return. Yes, first I, of all, yeah. and second of all. He is right, though, because if you're like Obama or Hillary, your tax return is designed for public service. Right. It's it's designed to be squeaky clean. But at the same time, you would see how he's being squeaky clean. I wonder, though, uh, he says you can get take a look at the numbers and actually people wait, and the numbers wait, wait, elections wait. and take a look at the numbers. What you should do is go down to federal elections and take a look at the numbers. Federal elections. I don't. I, don't. I, I think he means maybe the Federal Elections Commission as far as, you know, money as, you know, Involved in campaigns and things like that. Okay. I think that's what he's stretching at. That's just a guess. So that's that's not going away. That's not going away. No, no. Um, I I don't think that's going to happen. I no, think I don't he, think so either. I mean, he says it's still under audit. It's whatever. Lame yeah. excuse. Because as soon as this quote unquote audit is over, he'll have some other excuse. Yeah. 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 Um, a lot of people upset about the business tie stuff. I don't find that as compelling. I think this is basically Donald Trump's retirement. I really do. <laughs> I think it is. I think Donald I, – I don't foresee him – I would bet. I mean the man is 70 years old. But he also wants to set up his kids and his kids' exactly. kids. Exactly. It's time to hand the, the reins over to his kids. They weren't able to get positions in the government like they wanted. Give him the reins of the business. You have your producership on um, the uh, NBC show. Yeah. You got the presidency. When you're done being president – you let the kids continue to run it. You'll yeah. make your money from that. You'll yeah. have your producership on the NBC show. You got your brand name. Your brand, you're going to still make revenue from your brand. Your brand will be stronger than ever unless you really screw this thing up, which could totally happen. And, or maybe won't. Uh, and this, I, I don't really, I don't, I don't think this conflict stuff yet is a big deal. Now, the people he's placed in different spots, maybe. We'll see. We shall see. I, uh, my take with all of these cabinet appointments, appointments, the business conflict, potential issues, and all of it is it's worth thinking about now. But until the man is in office and until actions are being taken and until I've been saying this, yeah. there's no point in getting upset about right. it. And, and that's where people need to kind of chillax and stop overanalyzing and saying, well, this I can't believe the people he's putting in and blah, blah, blah. Nothing's happened yet, folks. Maybe the problem is the hysteria seems to come right from the very top. If you're a senior, you know, Medicaid, almost half of Medicaid is about long-term health care. This is Nancy Pelosi trying to scare people what will happen if Obamacare is repealed. You want grandma living in the guest room? You, you repeal the Affordable Care Act. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Come on, Nancy. But it's not that, how dude. you win these arguments. Kate is about long-term health care. You want grandma living in you the guest room? You freeloading grandma! You are freeloading grandma. So maybe the hysteria is just coming from the top, Chase, because that's – that's. Uh, although Joe Biden sort of put a tamper on things. This was uh, kind of a fun moment. Oh, is is this from the uh, farewell speech? Yeah. The, well, no, this is the oh. – uh, I don't know if you have any clips. I don't. Oh, okay. Like, well, I just can't. Well, I know. During the farewell speech, you know, Obama said it, like some really nice things about Joe. Yeah, and he how, called him the scrappy kid from Scranton. You know, and a, and a good friend. And, yeah. And actually, Joe seemed like very touched. Like, it wasn't like a fake look. Like, oh, he's, it looked I legit. can't, dude. What, man? You got to look at both sides. I am, no, I am so done with these guys. Obama is- I'm done with all of them. Obama is a big disappointment, and Biden is the biggest, grossest faker ever. He's He is not- He's- he can go up on stage and 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 talk about his son, his dead son, in ways that are just disgusting to watch a politician do. I don't I don't trust anything that comes out of that man. Uh, but this was a funny moment. 
regardless. What purpose does the gentlewoman rise? Oh. Mr. President, I object to the certificate oh. from the state of Hold Georgia on. on the ground. Hold on. By the way, the lady speaking is newly delegated person from our great state of Washington and from Seattle. So Seattle represent. Georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes were no not. Debate. There's no debate. Section 15 and 17 of Title III of the United States Code require that any objection be presented in writing, signed by both a member of the House of Representatives and a senator. Is the objection in writing and not only signed by the member, but by a United States senator? Mr. President, even as people waited hours in Georgia... There is no debate. And if there's not signed by a senator, the objection cannot be entertained. Mr. President, the the, uh, objection is is signed by a member of the House, but not yet by a member of the Senate. Uh It is over. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) And... With that, I think the Electoral College vote was certified. Yeah, it's just like, stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. Yeah, yeah. Good, good on Joe. I guess so, well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, it's just like, he's just like, listen, stop it. <laughs> I just, every time I hear him, I, he sounds drunk to me. He sounds, I just, I, I'm so done with him. I'm not, I, I'm already feeling done with Trump too, though. So maybe I'm just done with politicians in general. Should we just maybe uh, distract ourselves with a high note? I say we should end this on a high note because we need some distraction. In the back, just like this one, but it's green one. And it was setting just like that. If you're looking for a place to hide your green, a green bag in the trunk of your car may not be your best bet. I kept trying to figure out why they pull this guy over and catch this. Why did they find this? And then they reveal why. It's something you need to consider if you're a medical cannabis user or a recreational cannabis user. There's a lesson to be learned in this clip. I'm not. I'm a grandpa. I, 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 I never intended to offend the state of Texas. 67-year-old grandpa Philip Blanton has been using medical marijuana in California for 10 years. So when he came to town to visit his terminally ill granddaughter, Michaela, he brought it with him. And, you know, he brought a little for her, too. That's nice. I'm a grandpa, so I'm thinking like a grandpa. I'm thinking I'm going to help my granddaughter. I'm going to give her some of Grandpa's cookies help her with her nausea <laughs> and vomiting. Sorry. Can I? Sorry. Can I just say that? I know. I the know. Best grandpa ever. <laughs> I mean, it's a bad situation. Want some grandpa's cookies? That is the best grandpa ever. He uh, just does. That's how we go. Uh, that's how we roll. And the pain from the severe chemotherapy they had to give her. Grandpa made it all the way outside of Dallas when he was pulled over. What? They told me we pull people over from California and from Colorado because they're always bringing in drugs. And Whoa, stop. This- stop. That in itself is not legal to pull you over. They can't pull you over just because you have a California plate. You got to have some sort of infraction. There's got to be probable cause. But you know they probably do. No, they probably do, but he, was he speeding? That's why he, they pulled him over. I bet they probably look for any reason possible when they see a California plate. That's why you need to be squeaky clean when you're driving. Yeah, and he had it in his trunk even, but it's just not legal there at all. Well, yeah, you have to keep it within the state. Yeah, but you know, that's weird. That's got to be tough for a medical patient. I, I yeah, yeah. From Colorado yeah. because they're always bringing in drugs into the, the state. DPS troopers found four ounces of marijuana. and That is a, sh- that's a lot of pot. <laughs> a really? big I don't bag know. of marijuana laced cookies. A big bag of cookies too, Chase. Grandpa's cookies. Grandpa's cookies. <laughs> <laughs> they also found a gun. But that Whoa. was legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah of yeah, course. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's no, Texas. What's the big deal? It's and Texas. I'm thinking, my God. 
The gun is far more deadlier than a marijuana and a cookie. If you can respect my gun license, why can't you respect my medical license? This grandpa spent the night in jail. Oh, man, that sucks. Jeez. Before being released on a $20,000 bond. Wow, that, that means, also That means sucks. he had to put up 2000 bucks. Oh, is that how it works? Well, it's like usually a bond's 10%. But then, so you never have to pay the rest? No, 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 no. As long as you follow through with your, you know, judgments and appearances and stuff, then yeah, you're fine. You only pay the 2000 Well, it's a bond. You're paying a percentage towards the, well, to the bond. I don't know. So you don't, so the 20000 you end up paying if you go back to jail? It, it basically, yeah, it becomes a $20,000 warrant, if you will. I've never understood how that works. Yeah. That- I mean, from what I know... It's uh, usually it's a ten percent de- yeah. towards the, I've heard whatever that the bond is. Too. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, that's as long, kind of as, long as you make works, your court but... appearances and you, you do what you're supposed to do, then that's that's all there is to that, it. That sounds okay. That's kind of. I just still. It just seems. It seems so. People are wondering now why. How do I know this? I know a lot of things. Okay? I just think it's. I think it's such a weird system and that money's only involved at three all. people, huh? Yeah, right. Of course, and yeah. that, and you've used the bond system successfully. Exactly, yeah. That's one of the reasons you're here right now. And all of those guys fell in love with me because I'm grandpa. And they took care of me while I was in there. Are you okay? You need anything? You and they know? called him Grandpa in jail. When I left the jail, they did. They gave him they a hug and said, "You're our hero because you're doing this for your granddaughter." Oh man, he's getting choked up. I know that's that is. So that's that's sort of like a good. That's sort of like a mixed emotional story. No, it's one of those things where I mean, he's right. He's able to move, bring his gun around. But marijuana on his own that he's using for personal use and to give his granddaughter, he's thrown in jail and well, arrested. And what if he had a gallon of vodka in the trunk? Oh, that's probably fine if it's sealed. So, One obvious concern is that the United Sessions was getting uh, his, uh, what are they? Uh, confirmation uh, hearing. Confirmation, thank yes. you. And he was asked about cannabis. Cannabis, yeah. So I thought we would uh, end the high note on uh, Sessions' answer, which... So this goes back to the point that we were just making about uh, you shouldn't really freak out until they're in office because one of the things that pro-recreational cannabis outlets are very concerned about and normal and other outfits uh, was Trump's appointment here. Yeah. They really thought that Sessions might really put an end to recreational cannabis, might make this a lot harder. So I was waiting to see what he might say and uh, we, uh, uh, we found ourselves a little clip on this very part. And I think, overall, not a bad answer. The is that the United States Congress has made the possession of marijuana in every state and distribution of it an illegal act. So uh, if you, we need to, if that's something is not desired any longer, Congress should pass a law to change, change the rule. It's, it's not so much the Attorney General's job uh, to decide what laws uh, to enforce. Uh, we should do our job and enforce laws effectively as we're able. That's, that's that's a pretty logical response. And is it still just a tax law that makes it illegal across state? I can't remember. Is I, it, isn't it a tax law where there's no legal way to pay the tax, so therefore it's illegal to have it? Right. And that's how and, it's illegal. It's at also a because level? it's also because it's on the the DEA schedule list as well. I think there's a there's a hiccup right, there but too. Yeah. Like congressionally, like isn't is that their part? I think so. And then the DEA would have to unschedule it. That's. Yeah. But if you if Congress did their part, that seems like that would go a long way. It to totally would. Yeah. I don't I would love to know more. 
Maybe if you know unfiltered.reddit.com. The Republicans will pass something. They'll distract you. They'll say, yeah, yeah, it's it's good. You're good to go. Meanwhile, they'll do something else behind the scenes. <laughs> unfiltered.reddit.com for any other stories that you might think we'd be interested in. And clips. Chris, during the week, obviously, you're pushing out more great content Ooh, on me? your blog. Uh-oh. Where can people check out your it's blog a, stuff? It's blog. a vlog, Jace, uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. You're very, blog. very millennial. Sorry. Oh my very God. millennial. I hate you. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Chris Fisher. Yeah. probably be in the next one. Ooh, I know. Yeah. Assuming yeah. I can figure out some more content before I fall asleep tonight. Fair enough. Now, Mr. Chase, yes, Chris. can people find you online? Yes, uh, please check out my gaming streams that I've been doing uh, as much as I can, playing a lot of Battlefield 1 and other various games of the community at twitch.tv slash geekgamertv. Love it. It's so much fun. Mr. Chase, you can uh, watch us. On your big screen television, if you have a Roku, yeah. or if you got a Kodi box, right? Oh, old- YouTube streaming as well. Yep, live. Yeah, there. If you if, if you yeah. have YouTube, if you have the YouTube client, so if you'd like to watch the Unfiltered Show live, we invite you to do it on a Wednesday evening. You can do it from any device, basically. But I think it's such a cool experience to see like the news clips and everything on the TV. Find out when we're live at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Stream links at jblive.tv. Yes. jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact. And the overtime is coming up, so don't overtime. go away. Yes. Overtime is coming up. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of the Unfilter Program. We love your faces. We hope you'll tune in. Thanks for your support, and see you right here next, next week. news it's true the unfiltered show is not over the overtime is just beginning brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash unfilter thank you to our patrons over there you guys make all this possible and we do have some new patrons to thank and dedicate this segment to them and all of our patrons patreon.com slash unfilter our first name goes to Tron, the three-man tiger, comes in number two, and our third patron, yes, only three this week, so thank you to these three, our third patron, Mitch. You guys are the three that inspired me to keep going this week. No, thank you, seriously. And if you'd like to keep this show on the air, if you valued some of the discussion we've had or some of the information we've played or want access to that supporter sync, patreon.com slash unfilter. And there's still those spots open in the uh, Swag Club. You can sign up for the next batch of swag. you guys that have been listening for a while are hip to how I roll. I want to start the overtime off with some additional cyber news. And uh, let's start with uh, everybody sticking their necks out uh, over this or that with one of my one of my favorites to play on the show, Mike Morell. Now, they, they just give Mike Morell's 
pretty much his whole introduction here in this clip, so I don't really need to set it up for you. Former acting director and deputy director of the CIA, Michael Morell, is with us from Washington. He supported go. Hillary Clinton for president. There you and go. CBS News political director and Face Nation moderator John Dickerson is at the table. Uh, Mike, let me begin with you. What is your understanding about what President-elect Trump was briefed? So it sounds like um, he received a two-page document that outlined allegations of information the Russians... Uh, it's actually not true. Um, ...may have on the president-elect. It was all verbal. ...that could um, be compromising. Um, and that uh, two-page uh, 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 document was a synopsis of the 35-page document that um, was You can hear Nora and Charlie in the background. I can't quite tell what they're saying. Nora says something like, is this the right one? And Charlie then barks. President-elect, that could um, be compromising. Um, and that uh, two-page uh, 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 document was a synopsis of the 35-page document that um, was published on BuzzFeed. That's my understanding. And when you read the pages on BuzzFeed, what did you make of that? Can you believe that the CBS Morning News is asking the former director of the CIA, acting director, and the deputy director, what he thinks about something he read on BuzzFeed? So, hey, Mike, when that came across your Facebook feed, what did you think about that? What did you make of that? Did you click on it? So, Nora, my reaction was I felt like I was back at CIA reading raw intelligence reports. What? What? I mean, I have to take him at his face value word here. I mean, he's 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 obviously got the experience to say this. But this report, it it mislabels locations. It has the kind of spelling mistakes I would make without any editor. Information from a large number of sources. Some of that information rings true. Some of it doesn't. Much of it is contradictory. Um, and because you don't have an understanding of who the sources are mm-hmm. and how the sources acquired those information, when you read the whole thing, you really can't come to any bottom line oh. about exactly what's true but, and what's not true here. But, but Mike, but Mike, we we have the intelligence guy from, from Mike. But Mike, there's reference to a former MI6 operative. He's an operative. You know about operatives. You know all the operatives. Former British intelligence operative. I mean, you would know former British intelligence operatives, I would assume. Is this person... Do you know him, and is he credible? Do you even know who he is? So, Charlie, I don't know him. Um, it's the, but you know these, people who know him, I would <laughs> these, 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 these memos are written um, as a professional intelligence officer would write up a report. <laughs> no, they are not. I don't think he's read it. From a source. So they appear to be written by an intelligence officer. <laughs> um, but again, I don't know if he's credible. And most important, we don't know who the sources are and how the sources got the information. But Mike, is it common for the president or the president-elect to be briefed on something that has not been verified. Is that common? So it is not common. Um, it's uncommon. Oh. But in this situation, with material that is potentially so politically explosive, mm-hmm. um, I could see a reason why you would give both the president and the president-elect a heads up that it's out there and that you're investigating it. But wouldn't you do everything within your power to find out whether it was true or not? Uh, you sure would, and that would involve the CIA and the FBI. Oh. John. Uh, we're going to have the first press conference. All right. So we will uh, go from there because they're too far behind for that to matter at all. But I thought Mike's contribution was interesting. Now let's go to our good friend, warmongering John McCain. 
On October 7th, the Homeland Security and uh, Office of Director of National Intelligence, their assessment was that the U.S. intelligence community is confident that the Russian government directed the recent compromise of emails from U.S. persons and institutions, including from U.S. political organizations. Goes on to say these thefts and disclosures are intended to interfere with the U.S. election process. Can't even remember the propaganda anymore, can you, John? Quote, such activity is not new to Moscow. Russians have used similar tactics and techniques across Europe and Eurasia. Uh, quote, based on the scope and sensitivity of these efforts, not only, that not only that only Russia's senior most officials could have authorized these activities. Uh, General Clapper, do you, th- those are still operable and correct statements? Uh, yes, uh, Chairman McCain, they are. As I indicated in my statement, we stand. Uh, 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 I'm barely alive. You're barely alive. Uh, get the words out of my oh, zombie body. Oh. Actually, more resolutely on, on the strength of that statement that we made on the 7th of October. So there is a statement now that the intelligence community is more sure. That's literally the quote. They are more sure about their assessment more sure and it comes from this very statement that he's forcing out of his zombie body stand uh, uh, actually more resolutely on on the strength of that statement that we made on the 7th of october more resolute i thank you and so now here's the big question really what we're talking about is if there were if they succeeded in in changing the results of an election which none of us believe they were so if they succeeded but yet none of us believe they were successful. In which none of us believe they were, uh, that that would have to constitute an, an attack on the United States of America because of the effects if they had succeeded. Would, would you agree with that? So because they could have succeeded and if they had succeeded, it would have altered the election. Because they could have succeeded, it's still an act of aggression, ergo an act of war. Ergo, we should respond as if they did alter the election. The first, we cannot say they did, they did not change any uh, vote tallies or, or any, anything of that sort. Yeah, I'm just uh, talking. We have about no it. we have no way of gauging. He just shushed John McCain. Did you see that with his hand? It was a nonverbal shush, but he just stopped John McCain. We have no way of gauging. Right there, he just did it right there. He shuts up John McCain. If you're watching the video version. Watch closely. Or, or any, anything of that sort. Yeah, I'm just uh, talking and we have about no, We yeah. have no way of getting... Just a little... Just wait. Wait, young one. Hold on. Little one. I'm in the middle of explaining to you, little one. Hold on. And because of his position of authority, because it's the intelligence agencies that run the government, that run the world, he doesn't even have to verbalize it. Because John is so cued in that... Okay, okay, okay. Now, if you watch John McCain, he'll often talk over guests. No, 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 little hand went up. And we have no, we have no way of gauging. Yep. Oh, yep. Yep. The first, one more time. we cannot say they did, they did not change any uh, vote tallies or, or any, oh, anything of that sort. Okay, yeah, here we have no, we yep. have no way of gauging uh, the impact that certainly the intelligence community can't gauge the impact it had on. Uh, choices of the electorate made. There's no way to, for us to gauge that. Uh, Man, that Russia is playing some high-level stuff. Whether or not that constitutes uh, an act of war, I think, is a very heavy policy call. 
that uh, I don't believe the intelligence community should make. <laughs> yeah, you think? No, we're just going to push you the direction we want by scaring the shit out of you about the Russians. Now, uh, John McCain's uh, water-carrying boy, Lindsey Graham, Witch hunt's was a interviewed. strong term. President-elect of the United States of America saying this is a witch hunt. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He hasn't had the briefing yet, the right. official briefing that, that President Obama got that... Uh, uh, from the intel community. The one that's been leaked to us, the, the, you know, the official the official briefing that only President Obama and NBC has received. You know that one? If that's if it's still his belief after. Yeah, you know, here's the deal for me. I think he's worried that inquiring into what Russia did in the election is going to undermine his credibility and his legitimacy. Yeah. Quite frankly, I haven't heard any Democrat at all of prominence uh, say that we doubt that Donald Trump won. It's because you're all going out of your way to say the vote tallies weren't altered. You're all going out of your way to say that. John McCain even couches his question to Clapper with that. You're intentionally couching that, which often makes me suspicious. When you do that, it feels like messaging. It feels like advertising. Uh, say that we doubt that Donald Trump won. Putin's not the reason that Clinton lost and Trump won. I don't think anybody's saying that. Well, Hillary so, is. So, uh, Mr. President-elect, that's not what we're trying to do. When he said any Democrats of prominence, was he referring to Hillary? I'm sorry to do this, but because it's Lindsey Graham. But he must be referring to Hillary because Hillary is the Democrat. Well, the Clintons in general are the Democrats saying it. I mean, we played that leaked audio where she literally blamed Putin for having a personal vendetta against her. She personally, he personally has a vendetta against me. It's Putin's fault. The election is going to undermine his credibility and his legitimacy. Quite frankly, I haven't heard any Democrat at all of prominence uh, say that we doubt that Donald Trump won. Putin's not the reason that Clinton lost and Trump won. I don't think anybody's saying that. So, uh, Mr. President-elect, that's not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is find out what the Russians did in, in, in our elections and make sure that other people, including the Russians, won't do it next time. No doubt in my mind that Russians no doubt. interfered, that John Podesta's emails were hacked by the Russians. Not I believe that statement is truthful, not the Podesta one. I, I – I, well, I'll just let him finish before I – but I actually think when he says that I believe the Russians interfered in our election, I think they are being truthful because they believe that RT is a successful propaganda tool. <laughs> RT. RT gets no views. RT gets dramatically less views than MSNBC and MSNBC gets so little views, they're basically irrelevant except for Morning, Morning Joe. It's bad. It's really bad. Although we do have a new MSNBC show coming up in just a little bit. But to say that RT, it just – it cracks me up to <laughs> – RT is like some massive propaganda. Most of the world does not ever see RT. They only hear about RT. We're one of the few places that plays RT clips because it's different. It's literally – it's different. Nobody else does it. It's different to hear from RT. It's different to get Russia's perspective. It's an odd thing they often say. It's not commonplace. But when they talk about Russia altering the election, they're going to uh, – later on, if they ever get caught if, – if they – if the CIA sources are ever revealed to be bogus or something drops that prove this whole thing is the shit show that it really is, Lindsey Graham and, and, and the fools like him will say, well, I was referring to RT altering – the opinions of the voters, not the hacking stuff. We said that never changed the vote. 
I was referring to the propaganda arm of Putin. Donald Trump won. Putin's not the reason that Clinton lost and Trump won. I don't think anybody's saying that. So, Mr. President-elect, that's not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is find out what the Russians did in, in, in our elections and make sure that other people, including the Russians, won't do it next time. No doubt in my mind that Russians interfered, that John Podesta's emails were hacked by the Russians. Not now that, come on, really? Some 14-year-old kid, a 300-pound guy, and that the DNC was compromised by the Russians. Is 400-pound guy, John, get it right, or Lindsey, um, John, same guy, really. This is really something. So no doubt in his mind, there's no doubt in his mind that the Podesta emails were, this is where I give them credit. This is the only part where I could really pin it to the Russians, is if they fished Podesta. That's the only that's the only legitimate link to the Russians. Well, and then if you if you accept that they fished Podesta, then you're also likely accepting that they were behind DNC leaks and they were behind Guccifer 2.0 and that they likely supplied the data to the uh, to WikiLeaks, which I don't buy that last part. I don't know about Guccifer, how could I or DNC leaks, but that seems a little bit of a stretch. However, if you accept the premise that Russia was behind the phishing attempt of Grandpa Podesta and then they released – is I, I, but I also I, – I think – but I believe with, with maybe that truth. Maybe that's true. Maybe Putin ordered the phishing of John Podesta. That could be true. Doubtful based on their shitty performance of attacking the RNC but possible. I completely do not believe that Russia was behind the DNC attack and the DNC breach and the leak of Donna Brazil's emails and the leak of Debbie Washington Schultz emails and the real damage that was done to the DNC. Not only were those emails not directly about Hillary Clinton or by Hillary Clinton, so there's less incentive. It doesn't even make sense for the narrative. But I just simply believe Based on the reporting we did at the time and the continued stories we have followed on since Seth Rich was murdered, that it was an internal leak by a Bernie supporter who got wind of the crap that was going on in the DNC, knew that they were they were screwing his guy. And if you recall, there was some real shit in there. There was some religious shit. There was some racist shit. There was some stuff they were trying to push and pin on Sanders. Also, they exposed the fact that they were putting up fake Craigslist ads for Trump, trying to sh trying to make Trump look like a sexist on Craigslist when it was the DNC creating the post. Things like that came out, how they were stacking the deck. That was released because one of Bernie's supporters that worked at the DNC saw that shit. His name was Seth Rich. And until they solve his murder, we ought to mention his name every damn show because it's not the Russians. It's Seth Rich. His birthday was just a, last week. And so when Lindsey Graham's sitting here talking about the Russians hacking the DNC, that's bogus. Podesta? I don't see, I don't see any other stories that sound more credible. I, I, I could see it. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's somebody working for WikiLeaks or something like that. It's such a simple attack. And it would be such a great way to get juicy journalists. It would be journalistic. It would be – I mean they're technically, depending on how you view them, a media outlet. So it would be – it would even be an act of journalism potentially if it was WikiLeaks. But I could also see it being Russia when it comes to Podesta. When it comes to getting Debbie's emails and Donna's emails, that was Seth Rich. It wasn't the Russians. No matter what Lindsey Graham says, he believes. Do it next time. No doubt in my mind that Russians – 
interfered, that John Podesta's emails were hacked by the Russians, not some 14-year-old kid or 300-pound guy, 400. and that the DNC was compromised by the Russians. That's not true. And it seems pretty clear to me that WikiLeaks got it from the Russians. It didn't affect the outcome, but they tried to interfere in our election. So what I he's going to be It didn't interfere with the outcome. That's always the talking point. But what kind of sense does that make? What does that make? What does that even mean? If their entire premise is that the 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 multi-year planning by Vlad was to to alter the election and then what? So he had like this third dimensional planning that he was doing supposedly prepping for a Donald Trump presidency before Donald Trump even wins the general election. And if you go by some accounts before Donald Trump even was running for president. But he starts building these bilateral ties to the Trump organizations. He starts laying the groundwork for a Trump presidency in 2016. When the entire world knows that Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton are planning to run. But okay, he he but again, that doesn't that doesn't sway Putin because he's third dimension. He's third dimension. So he knows that it's it's now time for populism in America because he he is so tuned in to what the American people want. He has enough time as the leader of Russia to close. Remember, this is according to the media, all ordered by Putin. So he must be doing this. He must. This is the only thing that makes sense. This is the only way this could possibly work, right? He must be watching the American people, figuring out what pushes their buttons, realizing that it's a Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump kind of year. And he must be doing this, if you go by some accounts, as early as 2012. This is how, this is how third dimensional Vladimir Putin is. He's figured all this out by 2012. Top people in the DNC haven't figured this out. Barack Obama hasn't figured this out. Hillary Clinton hasn't figured this out. The entire media hasn't figured this out. Chris Fisher hasn't figured this out. But Vladimir Putin is so tuned in to the needs of the American people, he's figured it out. But let's say let's be let's me let's be more generous. Let's say he figured it out in 2015. Starts getting everybody ready for the 2016 election. He gets them all lined up. He orders the hack of the DNC because he's so third dimensional. Instead of going after Hillary to discredit Hillary or going after her VP pick or going after Bill or going after the foundation. He goes after the DNC. During the primaries, the phase of the election that really doesn't matter. And he exposes the shit sandwich at the DNC. Because he's so third dimensional, he understands that by November, this will derail the Hillary Clinton campaign. Thereby, Donald Trump winning the presidency, even though he may not have even been running at the time Vlad was third dimensionally thinking of this. It's incredible. It's just so incredible. It's so remarkable. I mean, if that's true, what a leader. What a leader. Holy crap. What, what, how could the United States of America be served by a leader like that? Incredible foresight. Unbelievable. I'm amazed that Russia doesn't have a bigger presence on the world stage with a man that has the foresight like that. Thank God the United States of America and our intelligence agencies have been able to stop him at key moments. Thank God. If only, if only, if only for the CIA. Because he's that smart. They're keeping him off at bay. 
He probably also, because Putin's this good, he probably stacked the deck so that Kami got in office, so he would be running the FBI, so that he would investigate Hillary, so that he would send that letter to Congress just before the election. He thought of all of that when Kami was getting elected, when Kami was getting put in. When Kami, he somehow manipulated Barack Obama to pick Kami. So that way, Kami could throw the election for Donald Trump, too. Why don't we just throw that in there, too? Kami was somehow influenced by Vladimir Putin. That's the only thing that makes sense, because that's also one of the reasons Hillary lost the election. Right, 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 right. Your old kid, a 300-pound guy. 400. And the DNC was compromised by the Russians. And it seems pretty clear to me that WikiLeaks got it from the Russians. It didn't affect the outcome, but they tried to interfere in our election. So what I'm, he's going to be the defender of the free world here pretty soon. In a couple of weeks, uh, Donald Trump will be the f- defender of the free world and democracy. You should let everybody know in America, Republicans and Democrats, that you're going to make Russia pay a price for trying to interfere. Even though it didn't affect the outcome, they tried to again. interfere and they need to pay a price. Third time in this interview. And I don't care what their motives were. But I just point out this whole issue of... Did you know John was there the whole time? (laughs) John McCain sitting there like a zombie. Cyber attacks is much larger than just this election. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. All right. You already had your time, John. Now it's time for the other John. Jeez, come on. The Obama administration claims Moscow continues to launch cyber attacks. I asked Secretary of State John Kerry yesterday about whether Russia is still hacking American targets. Where is it today? Well, we take it very seriously. But but are they continuing to do it as far as you know? The president, they're continuing to do it in places, yeah. Do what? What? Do what? Say, what are they talking about? You remember, if you've been around for a while, that cyber meant to have online sex. Let's just have fun with this clip as just like a little bit of a entremont. Let's just have fun. We'll move on to more serious stuff. Seriously, we have actually some pretty serious stuff coming up. But let's just give ourselves a treat. So every time they say cyber, you think the type of cyber it really meant. See, that's what's interesting is these these dumbass bureaucrats started using this term cyber and they didn't realize that it already had a use online and it meant sexing. And it's if you go back to the Iraq war, because I've been doing some research to kind of compare the propaganda before uh, weapons of mass destruction, the lead up to Iraq. I've been kind of comparing that media propaganda where they just ate they just ate the line from the, from the CIA, just like they're eating the lines from the CIA. They just oh, nom, 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 ate it all up. And it's fascinating. I, I've been kind of sneaking the links into the show notes for the last couple of weeks. So if you want to go back and check, there's uh, look, this one's my favorite. The Iraqi electronic army is, is they didn't, instead of calling it cyber, it was electronic attack. Or I, I think it was something like to that degree. They didn't use the term cyber back then. So you can't you can't go find cyber attack stories from Iraq, but you can go back and find electronic attacks from Iraq. And they, they have a different term. It's it's in the last week's show notes. It's really fascinating to compare the sort of same type of reporting during that buildup. So let's go back now. Let's look at it from that era when we call it electronic attacks and cybermen having sex with possibly another dude online because let's be honest how do you really know so this is charlie and he's oh hi this is charlie and he's got an interview with john uh and in this interview john doesn't have makeup on when he sits down with nbc he'll have makeup on later but uh i digress let's have our moment of fun continuing to do it in places yes no and do we assume we do it to them they assume that we I do know. and they think we do but not the same kind of thing no what's um, different well <laughs> 
there's, there's a lot of cyber back and forth in the world of probing certain uh, governmental entities, etc. <laughs> I don't even... Okay, so we are a legit uh, 37 seconds into this clip. Can anybody in the chat room tell me what either of these two men have said? Both top of their careers. Um, John Kerry constantly uh, sticking that tongue out, by the way. What have they said? Anybody in the, there's been probing? Is that what they've said? Chat room. What have Charlie Rose and John Kerry said in the last 37 seconds of our lives? What What is he saying? I don't even know what he's saying. It is... I'll just play, I'll play a little bit more. Remember, we're playing our game still. Here we go. They're continuing to do it in places, yes. No and do we assume we do it to them? They assume that we I do. Know. And they think we do. But not the same kind of thing. No. I like the Charlie... I know. I know. I know. I know. Where is it today? Well, we take it very seriously. But, but are they continuing to do it as far as you know? The president, they are continuing to do it in places, yes. No and do we assume we do it to them? They assume that we I do, know. and they think we do, but not the same kind of thing, no. What's uh, <laughs> what just happened? Well, there's, there's a lot of cyber back and forth in the world of probing certain uh, governmental entities, etc., uh, that's quite different from, I think, uh, and, and understanding defenses in order to be able to protect yourself. Boy, I'm glad we got these guys running the country. They really sound like they got a grasp on the, uh, on the essential concepts necessary. So the chat room uh, is, is surprisingly into Rex tonight. Lots of mentions of Rex. So here's a little bit from uh, uh, Rex's hearing where the uh, Russian hacking is clearly troubling. Which was all you could hear. That was the line. They're all waiting to hear how he went on this. Well, this is you, how do you how do you pass this litmus test, Rex? Do you believe during the 2016 presidential campaign, Russian intelligence services directed a campaign of active measures? Yeah, that's Rubio, and yeah, he still looks butthurt. I noticed that too. Do you believe during the 2016 presidential campaign, Russian intelligence services directed a campaign of active measures? Involving the hacking of emails, the strategic leak of these emails, the use of Internet trolls and the dissemination of fake news with the goal of denigrating a presidential candidate and also undermining faith in our election process. How can even Rubio be essentially carrying water for Clinton? I mean, this really shows you the the dividing lines. It's not actually even about the Clintons. It's about the war machine. It's about the military and the intelligence uh, agencies having a clear understanding of what their future role is, what their funding is. Um, and I think if depending – what this is doing is it's, it's, it's showing Rubio – it's showing Rubio his true colors in a sense. I mean the, the question sounds awfully loaded to me and it sounds like it's a litmus test question. In our election process. Uh, Senator, I have ha- I've had no unclassified briefings because I've not received my clearance yet. However, I did read the interagency report that was released on January the 6th. Uh, that report clearly is troubling and indicates uh, that all of the actions you just described uh, were undertaken. Uh, based on your knowledge of uh, Russian you leaders and Russian politics, good, do you believe these activities could have happened without the knowledge and the consent of Vladimir Putin? Oh, the key question. I'm not in a position to be able to make that determination. Uh, again, you- that's indicated in the report. This is the test, though, Rex. But I know there's additional classified information Mr. that might Tillis, inform you've, my you've engaged you. significant business in other words the report says nothing the report says nothing maybe the classified stuff would <laughs> you know uh listen, well here listen listen activities could have happened without the knowledge and the consent of vladimir putin i'm not in a position to be able to make that determination uh, again oh, yeah. that's indicated in the report 
but I know there's additional classified information that might. That's a couch. That's totally a that's totally a couch. He he doesn't want to answer because it's, it's not really. It's in the in the report. It says that these would be motives, and Putin would have to direct it. That's what it, he would if it was carried out by the uh, by these intelligence agencies in the Russian government. It would have been under order of Putin. That's what the report says. You've engaged in you. significant business activities in Russia, so I'm sure you're aware that very few things of a major proportion happen in that country without. Vladimir Putin's permission. So I ask, based on your views of Russian politics and your experience, is it possible for something like this involving the United States elections to have happened without Vladimir Putin knowing about it and uh, and, and authorizing it? I think that's a fair assumption. That he would have yes. needed to. Hmm. So he does, I mean, he does kind of answer the question in a way that's going to make my think barely pass the test. Welcome to the very first edition of For the Record. Remember I said there'd be a new MSNBC, MSNBC show coming up. She is Greta from Fox. Tucker's, I think, in her time slot right now. And she moved from Fox to MSNBC. What's, go, what, what, what's going on? Let's get right to the news. Those confirmation battles on Capitol Hill. The first real test for the incoming Trump administration. Democrats want to delay some hearings because key ethic filings are not complete. But Republicans want to move forward. And now, today, the president-elect sounded confident. They're going great. Confirmation's going great. I think they'll all pass. I think every nomination will be. They're all at the highest level. Jack was even saying, I mean, they are at the absolute highest level. I think they're going to do very well. There's some concern about Jeff Sessions. No, I think he's going to do great. High quality man. <laughs> now, here's what's really interesting about uh, not to just ignore what Trump just said there. It's just I, I honestly I have such a hard time even giving a shit what that man says because he barely says anything. He's a great man. OK, well, thanks. No wonder you're so good at tweeting. You barely say anything. Now, what I do think is fascinating is the fact that Greta is on MSNBC and the fact that Megan's going to NBC. This, my friends, is what you call a rebranding or maybe a brand shifting. I like that better. They can run with that if they want. A brand shifting. Brand shifting. Brand shifting. This to me seems like they're trying to build a little bit of a bridge to the folks that voted for Trump. Like maybe they actually had a meeting and said, we really missed the boat on this one. What are they saying? And what better way to do this than to take a couple of frustrated Fox heavyweights Greta, <laughs> believe it or not, well, I mean, actually, this this goes back to what I was saying earlier. None of them get great ratings. I mean, who, who am I, right? I'm a podcaster. But none of them get incredible ratings compared to, like, the main networks. But Greta actually rocked her time spot. So she's actually got, like, she actually pulls in ratings, which is unbelievable, really. It, I, I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately left speechless by that fact. But she... So it's not like they are getting like like the the bottom rung Fox anchor on MSNBC. That's not the case. I'm not saying she gets O'Reilly numbers, but I'm saying while she's on the air, she has she beats the other networks. And they moved her to MSNBC. Same with Megan. NBC. Megan I think does much better. This feels like a brand shift to me. And it's like a really quiet subtle one. It's like one of those reorganizing of the chairs while they're still – while the people like the people on air like haven't really put all the pieces together. 
I'm not sure what's – I mean, who knows? Who knows? But this seems like a big shift because – and if you don't – look out. I just – if you don't watch a lot of news, you might not understand like what a radical thing this is to have happening right now on MSNBC. This is a radical – this is the Rachel Maddow network. This is the this is the Chris Hayes network. Ben Brywey. Uh But what happens next in Greta's first 40 minutes or 40 seconds in and her first few minutes of her first show on MSNBC, what happens next – I'm – I'm shocked to see I'm on MSNBC. Also today, Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, named senior advisor to the president. Trump declined to answer questions about that and several other issues. This actually isn't the part I really care about. I mean, you might – this right there, that face. That face right there is – Senator John McCain joins us right now. Nice to see you, Senator. Well, congratulations. Uh, it's wonderful to be back with you again. And it was a short pause. And uh, may I just say I, uh, you're one of the true professionals that I've had the opportunity of dealing with. And it's great to be with you. And I'm honored to be on your first show. Senator, thank you very much. And I, you know, I wanted you to be on my first show. And welcome. And uh, what, a, what a time it is right now. Um, we're having a- Incredible. I just want to leave that frame up there for a second and just like mentally take a picture of that. That's MSNBC, everybody. That's got to be a brand shift. That's got to be a brand shift. Wow, I I am not moving very fast. I apologize. How about a little propaganda about the uh, about the imminent danger? about cybersecurity these days, and there is a virtual weapon of mass destruction threatening our way of life with really oh my God. With a click of a mouse or oh, something else. According Jenna. to an Energy Department report, the U.S. electric grid is in, quote, imminent danger oh. of cyber attacks. It points out the devastating impact of such a digital danger, including putting millions of lives in danger, not to mention a major hit on the U.S. economy. The report also makes dozens and dozens of recommendations on how we can protect ourselves, the price tag reaching into the half-trillion dollar mark. Let's- oh, my God. Why does it cost a half a trillion dollars to unplug stuff from the Internet? I don't understand what's what's going on there. It's really easy. I, I could do it for you for a million. Yeah, I tell you what, a big deal. Actually, hold on. Slow down. Not a million. I got to rethink about my costs. Uh, I'll do it for you for uh, 50 million. How about that? Jeez, how about that? That's way cheaper still. And I'll go around to all the power plants and I'll disconnect the control computers from the Internet. And if you, you know what? I'll even throw in a switch to isolate them for you for the same. No, I won't even raise the cost. I won't even raise the cost unless it's more than a 24 port. Then you're paying for that. Ah, what am I kidding? You're going to pay for all the equipment. But yeah, and I'm still going to save you money. You don't need to spend almost a trillion dollars just disconnect it from the internet. I know it's a radical idea, but somehow it managed to work before 2000 and whatever. So maybe we could just try that for a little bit. And I'm not even saying keep it that way. I'm not being a Luddite. I'd do it for five years until you have a, a comprehensive cybersecurity program. Okay. I mean, is that such a big deal? These systems are likely from the 80s anyways. Connect over serial. I, I don't really see what the problem is here. <laughs> I don't really see what the problem is. Uh, okay. This is one of my, uh, my favorite uh, clips of the night. Well, as you know, a ton of journalists were completely disgraced after WikiLeaks revealed their throne sniffing with the Clinton campaign. So I was I was kind of on to something about Tucker. Remember about two weeks ago, I said there's something going on with Tucker Carlson. He's uh, all of a sudden pulled his head out of his ass instantaneously. 
I've done done now some digging into it. I've now kind of got a little bit of idea of the last few years of of his career. Uh, and the fact that he was trying to carve himself out a standout role, which is now a, he's been awarded a new television show and he's been getting interviews about his his new stance, and which it was a rebranding of a sense. It's sort of an evolution of the man in, in another sense, though. If you look back at his career recently, this does kind of make sense. I still have a bias to this man's face and especially that voice. But uh, – I'm just going to watch him for a while, and if the clips work, I'm going to play him for you guys. All right, I should move on. We're running out of time. Chase is here. Totally sycophantic, groveling. Well, now, rather than being drummed out of the business, they are back. Some are covering the Trump White House as if nothing ever happened. DC News Radio show host Chris Plant is here to discuss what exactly this means and how it happened. Chris, it's great to see you. So I'm in the gym today, and I look up on one of the screens, and they're standing in front of Trump Tower. By the way, this is Greta's old set. So speaking of Greta at MSNBC, look who's sitting in her old chair. It's if they've read, they've dressed it up a bit, but even the miking and audio sounds, it's the same set. Uh, they even have her old chairs. It's like <laughs> with a microphone is John Harwood. And I yeah. thought he can't be covering Trump. Yeah, I mean, he sure. was working on behalf of yeah. Hillary, but he is. Well, you said that they disgraced themselves. They didn't disgrace themselves. They were padding their resumes. They were, uh, <laughs> Come on. they were found out in WikiLeaks, John Harwood who's with CNBC, and he writes for the New York Times, all right? Yeah. And uh, he's sending, well, he's trading emails with Podesta and talking. They're strategizing. He's warning him about Ben Carson, how he could be trouble in a general, and, and they're, just, they're just kind of spitballing, and they're on the same team. It's quite clear that they have common goals. And he's not and, even getting paid. He's doing this for free. Well, that's right. And I was talking to somebody about this earlier and saying, you know, it's, it's almost like the Soviet Union. But honestly, it's worse, because in the Soviet Union, there was a penalty for not collaborating right. with the state. These guys do it quite voluntarily. They do it because they're on the team. And Harwood is far from alone. I mean, Glenn Thrush, who was with the Politico, was caught sending emails to the Clinton people for their prior approval. Right. He called himself in his own email a hack. He confessed, kind of lamenting perhaps that he's a hack. Now he's no so wait, longer. So now he's he's got to be selling aluminum siding and right. Boca yeah, he's, Raton, he's, right? He got out of the yeah. business. Well, he was with the Politico, and I'll, I'll have you know he's no longer with the Politico. Right. He got out of journalism, right? Well, the New York Times saw all this, and they said, "Well, we like the cut of his jib." So they hired him away <laughs> from the Politico, and now he's at the New York Times. I don't believe you, Chris Plant. Times. Come on now. Oh, it's true. He's he's now at the New York Times. Glenn Thrush. It's considered to be a big big promotion. You're at the New York Times. Not Politico. It's a little sort of left wing blog site here in Washington. That once showed promise, but no more. And the New York Times saw Glenn Thrush collaborating behind the scenes surreptitiously with the Clinton campaign, and they hired him away from from the Politico. So this is the realization of a lifetime. You're a liberal paper, okay? Yeah. And you want to also simultaneously pretend to be America's paper. So why wouldn't you just hire people who are surreptitiously liberal, secret liberals? Right. Why do you have to hire someone whom everybody knows has a political agenda? You're basically not trying anymore, are you? Well, no, you're not. You're right. And it's kind of, look, the news media is now conspiring out in the open against the Trump administration, against the Republican Congress. Obstructionism is now a virtue. Remember when it was horrible, Mitch McConnell suggested that he wasn't going to support Barack Obama's agenda and the agenda of the opposing party. Now it's noble. It's a holy mission. 
And honestly, there's this thing, have, have you caught onto this where the, um, the, the, the dreaded normalization, don't normalize Trump, and members of the media are chastising one another if they even meet with Trump in an off-the-record session or meet with him or his people behind closed doors. They're being chastised by other journalists. The same people who are sending campaign advice to the Hillary campaign. That's exactly are saying right. don't get too close? And they're not all, absolutely. Mark Leibovich, again at the New York Times, sending his uh, work to the Clinton people for their prior approval. They, they get editorial control over stories in the New York Times, New York Times Magazine, the Politico. Uh, you know, this, this isn't a conspiracy theory. We know all of this to be I, true. I would say, just in, in the defense of one man, at least Mark Leibovich is really talented. The rest of these guys, John Harwood, has he uh, ever broken a story? Has he ever written a sentence that stopped you in your tracks? We thought, oh, what a beautiful sentence. No, never. No, he's awfully uh, bland. And he's the one that, uh, that during the, uh, the debate suggested to Donald Trump that his uh, candidacy was a comic book uh, candidacy, mocking him openly on television. Can I ask you, I mean, do you think the smartest people go into journalism, do you think the top 10% at MIT are rushing to our newsrooms? It really is a problem. Who wants to be? Who wants, who, who wants to? Pretty mediocre people. It's, and, and, and another part of the problem is the pipeline. And the pipeline at journalism schools run by old, tired, has-been journalists for the most part who are uh, teaching the next generation of journalists that it's about the crusade. It's about the cause. Yeah, it's, it's about the fight. That's, that's and, it right and choose a team. Look, Maggie Haberman also caught at the New York Times, political reporter. Uh, award-winning. Yeah. They, you know, these are these are all award-winning journalists well, at the top of the industry well, in the United States of America, and they've all been proven to be hacks, and there is no consequence whatsoever. Now, if you ever caught one, which would never happen, collaborating with Trump behind the curtain like this, that would be the end of their Trump? career. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're getting those awards. But your award is in the good work that you do, and it is excellent. That was a decent uh, decent interview by uh, Taka. Taka. Hello, Mr. Chase. You, Hello. You, you, you did watch the, uh, the press conference. Yeah, I did. Today. I did. Yeah. I have a, How do you uh, think I did? What do you mean? Oh, my press conference. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're, I thought you meant the other guy's press conference. Uh, other guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So let's end the uh, overtime on a bit of a funny note. This is, uh, I don't, I mean, I just play this for your analysis. I will leave it without mine, just for your. Contrast that with this thing, The Real Housewives of ISIS. Yes, that title really came as a surprise to me, that's for sure. It is a satirical comedy skit from the BBC. That's Britain's state-run media organization. Watch some of it. So this is my sixth marriage. Uh, I've been widowed five times. Are you ready, girls? Yeah. Can you believe it? This is tasteless and terrible. I, I know. But then again, Saturday Night Live has done a uh, spoof saying, uh, yep, on the sharks. Yeah, shark tank. You know, this is ISIS, so it's not unprecedented. Oh, babes, I love it. You look gorgeous. She looked massive. You're gonna need a lot of Semtex to kill that one. Oh, guys. Hey, ladies. What so styling. <laughs> what a complete. <laughs> she knew I had that jacket. Copies everything. Copy this. Oh my! It's not God. unprecedented. It was so I cringe. mean, they do this on Saturday Night Live. They did it. 
Just look it up. I used to Saturday Night Live. They've he done likes that. it. He likes it. Look at this. <laughs> they like it, Chase. Yeah. They like it. <laughs> it's Fox business. Go- no one watches but us. <laughs> you go check it out. You go check it out. You go watch it on your own time, everybody. That's right. Well, thanks for joining us. If you made it this far, you are a champion. Yes. If you're watching on the YouTube, uh, smash that like, a thumb up thingy that they have there. I've never actually clicked it in my life. What? No, that's not true. But I feel like if you watch this on YouTube this far, you should say, I vote for long-form content. Because YouTube's all about, like, six to ten-minute videos. You know what I mean? I know. And this was no six to ten-minute video. And if you like that kind of thing, you got to vote with the thumb up thing. Button. You got to dig. Is that what they call it? You yeah, gotta you got to dig it. Dig it. Dig. Up, dig. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and actually slash dot it, too. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. See ya. See you next time. Woo.